This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. That's 800-259-9231, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. That's freetalklive.com. Coming up, we'll talk about government uh, inefficiency than just spending way too much on things that are supposed to be very affordable, uh, and also about how government just stinks at controlling contraband, even in its own prisons. We'll talk about that. Uh, but first, uh, just a, a bit of a uh, news update here. I just, just walked into the studio minutes before the show uh, went on the air, and Mark, you gave me the news that our friends uh, Lauren Canario... Lauren Canario has been arrested That's correct. by the feds, and Russell Canning and his wife Kat Canning, also friends of ours, have been not arrested but harassed and had their car taken from them that's, that's by right. the feds. These are apparently this is because they had tried to go up and visit the Ed Brown household today. Uh, for those that don't know, Ed and Elaine Brown are a couple in their early 60s. They are currently living in their house in Plainfield, New Hampshire, where the federal uh, government is attempting to uh, – they want to arrest them and put them in a jail cell – because they've been found guilty in some federal court on, on so-called tax evasion charges. And the, the Browns have said, look, you can come after us and we're just going to shoot back. If you know, We're going to shoot at you if you try to come take us away. And so some of our friends here have been um, giving some support to the Browns, and they were supposed to have a concert there today. Uh, I got a call midpoint this afternoon from someone who was attempting to go up there that said that apparently they were stopping all vehicles that were attempting to, uh, attempting to approach the Ed Brown property. And now, there's houses beyond Ed Brown's. They said they were letting the, the neighbors in, but anybody else was being turned around. Hmm. So the Fed, federal government, this is so amazing. The federal government, who knows how much busting this roadblock. Busting up a party. Who, right. They're <laughs> busting up a party, and apparently they were handing out sheets that listed all of the laws that people would be breaking if they went to the Ed Brown household. Hmm. Interesting. And uh, this is all just from what I've gathered within the last few minutes. Uh, and I'll do, I'll try to dig up as much more on these, uh, get, get some details on this as the night goes on. Uh, but basically they were stopping. Can, can you imagine how much this costs to have federal goons sitting on the side of the road all day long checking people, uh, checking people out to prevent them from going and visiting some friends of theirs? I mean, what does this cost? I, I don't know. I can't say I'm, I'm shocked by the whole thing. Um, it, obviously the uh, feds are after Ed and Elaine Brown uh, for the right reasons, the wrong reasons, whatever you may think. But they're after them, and at some point there's going to be problems if you try to go see them, especially if you go to a party that they're having. I mean, it makes perfectly good sense to me. Right. It sounds like uh, we are at that point at this uh, right now. They're really stepping it up, and we will get you the details uh, again as we as we learn more. And, of course, if you've actually attempted to visit the Brown household today, because this was an open party. Um, anyone was invited. Mm-hmm. Anybody who loved freedom was invited to uh, to come out and listen to some music and, and have some barbecue with, uh, with the Brown family. And it sounds as though no one was allowed to even come close to approaching the Brown household today. So if you were one of those people that went up there and were turned away, perhaps you were handed one of the sheets that they were giving out. would like to hear what that had to say. Uh, would like to hear what your experience was about at 1-800-259-9231. In the meantime, as we uh, continue to gather more information on this story, uh, we'll give you one from ABC News. Uh, this is about government waste. You've heard about the... Toilets, the military's paying way too much for toilets and hammers and that sort of thing. Well, it's not just the military. It's all government bureaucracies because they don't have an incentive to 
care about how much they spend. In fact, they actually have an incentive to spend too much. Because, remember, government bureaucracies are allocated a budget every single year. And if the bureaucracy does not meet that budget, then they won't get more the next year. They could have their budget If they don't spend all their money, then obviously they don't need all their money, so they cut their budget. Right. And they don't want that because it's in their nature as a uh, bureaucracy to grow and grow and grow. So they have to keep spending and spending and spending. And so here's a perfect example of one area where they spent a little too much. An audit has found the Justice Department spent more than 45 million taxpayer dollars last year on conferences set up for Justice Department divisions, including one event where caterers provided government employees with meatball appetizers costing about $5 each. Now, the meatballs apparently cost $5 each, as I understand it, but we'll, we'll get to the details. In a report obtained by ABC News, the Justice Department's Office of the Inspector General examined 10 conferences, which cost taxpayers $823,000. According to the report, 110 DOJ employees attended the event, which was held for 1,100 law enforcement officials, educators, and local government officials. One-third of the conference's budget was spent on food and beverages. A further breakdown by the inspector showed some pricey items at a $60,000 networking reception. Quote, the reception also served conference attendees several hundred Swedish meatballs and miniature pastries. With applicable service charges, each meatball cost approximately $5, and each piece of pastry cost almost 6 now, anybody who's ever made meatballs before knows that they're not the priciest piece of food. And an appetizer is usually just a, a you know, it's one bite. Mm-hmm. So but these pastries were likely not very small. big, giant bear claws. Right. They were likely little pinafores or something uh, of that nature. Exactly. And if you've ever made meatballs, you know that you can put filler into meatballs as well. So right. There's bread uh, crumbs and meatballs. Right, it's like, you know, there's different percentages, 25% bread, 75% meat. I don't know how much, well, I don't know what the maximum fill you can put in there, but you can fill it up and make the meatball look bigger than it actually is as far as the amount of meat. $4 cornflakes. Yeah, exactly. So this is a 128-page audit. The report says the meatballs cost exactly $4.77 per unit. The report cites meal costs at the 2005 Community Capacity Development Office Conference, the Weston Hotel in L.A., showing the government paid thirty-seven sixty-seven per person for deli sandwich lunches. $37 for a deli sandwich lunch. Wow. Uh, with bags of chips priced... It must, it must have been a nice venue. $3.25 for a bag of chips. Now, you know, again, we're talking small portions here. So these are those little one-ounce bags of chips you can buy in a vending machine for $0.55. Cents. $3.25 mm. is what they paid. Uh, yogurt, a little cup of yogurt, $4.87. It's quite a markup. Can of soda. Now, they, likely they were renting the venue, too, and this is just the food cost. That is correct. Again, this is one-third of the entire conference budget was just on food and beverages. So this is a fraction of the total amount that they yogurt spent. Yogurt for 4 bucks, $4.87. Uh, $4. And a can of soda, which normally, you know, if you're buying cans of soda in bulk, as the food vendors usually Quarter. are... You're going to pay a quarter or less, maybe even 12 cents uh, per can. But even if you're buying it retail, refrigerated, in a place where it's expensive... Less than a dollar. Uh, well, you, Buck you, 25, might, you might pay a dollar, dollar fifty in a really expensive place. Right. $4.55. Bottle of water, $4.87. The average cost... I hope for, they enjoyed their little party <laughs> that we all paid for. Yeah. Uh, the average cost for the conference food came in at $256 per person... Per day. And it doesn't sound like it was much food. 
Now, do you think you could have done better than that? I mean, as far as rounding up some food for some conference attendees. Yeah, let me let me serve food at their next party. I think I could probably do it for less than fifty per person per day. Yeah, for sure. Oh, maybe even less than that. According to the report, six of the ten conferences were sponsored by the department's Office of Justice Programs Division. No, 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 they were sponsored by us. Yeah, we paid for this. It includes justice divisions such as the Bureau of so-and-so and so forth, all research and share federal law enforcement information with state and local law enforcement agencies. Uh, three of the conferences reviewed were sponsored by the FBI and your taxpayer dollars, and one was funded by whoever in total uh, in 2006, a total of $45.9 million, your money, was spent on conferences, law enforcement conferences including costs for general support, programming, and travel. Now, you know what, Mark? In our world of uh, the talk radio world, we go to these talk radio conferences from time to time. We go twice Mm -hmm. a year. We go to Talkers New Media Seminar in the summer, and uh, in the late winter, early spring, we go to the uh, Radio and Records Talk Radio Seminar. We pay for those out of our own pockets. Right. We don't expect the talk radio industry... To pony up, you know, the National Association of Broadcasters or Talkers Magazine to say, oh, Free Talk Live, you guys have been such great advertisers this year. You know what? We're going to just take our own money here and, and you guys can come to the conference for free. It'd but be nice, but it doesn't seem like they're going to do it. Apparently, that's all the coppers get to go to the conferences for free. So not only are we paying their paychecks uh, and all the other things, that, you know, paying for all the other things they do in their in their jobs, but apparently they get to go and hang out at conferences and we're all paying for that as well. Does anybody think this is really necessary? 1-800-259-9231. million taxpayer dollars spent on conferences in one year. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll free line for you. That's 800 259 9231. It is the live Saturday show, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free. We've got the bulletin board system with over a quarter of a million posts for you to surf around through serious issues and fun stuff. You'll find it all being discussed for free at freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. We'll get you right to it, actually, then. BBS. .freetalklive.com, and your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does this bother you? Well, it bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. All right, the latest on the... Lauren Canario's situation, our friend Lauren Canario and super activist here in the state of New Hampshire, she's uh, gotten national press, actually international press in the past, because she, when the Kilo court decision went down in New London, Connecticut, which you may recall from a couple years back, uh, when the Supreme Court basically said, yeah, cities can take people's property with uh, no problem. You can turn, take people's property and turn it over to private owners instead of the constitutional eminent domain of taking property for public, public use, which I don't agree with either. But uh, now the Supreme Court has said, yes, you may take it and give it to a private owner. And so Lauren was pretty upset about that. She went up to New London, Connecticut, and worked with the property owners that were having their property stolen from them, and she ended up going to jail twice 
uh, in her time in New London for um, different things, civil disobedience. Nothing terrible, um, just... You sitting know, on a porch? She was sitting on a porch one time reading a book. She had permission to be on that porch. The second time, she was trying to get into a town meeting and was standing in a stairwell. She was arrested both those times. This is not a violent lady. She's not dangerous. She's very sweet, uh, very friendly. Yeah, uh, she's, real nice. She's one of my favorite people, in fact. And now she's been arrested again, this time by the federal government. According to Kat Canning at the Keen Free Press, federal marshals set up a roadblock on Center of Town Road in Plainfield today and are refusing to let anyone in to visit the Browns. In a deliberate act of civil disobedience, Lauren Canario began walking to the Browns' home from the roadblock and was arrested. According to Jim Johnson, her husband, what happened was, uh, this is a direct quote from him, we left Keene and uh, got up there. There were about 20 officers at the roadblock. 20. 20 federal officers are being paid around the clock, presumably, at least all day long today, to stand out there on the side of the road and check people's papers and to, to allow them onto a, what is a public road. This is a public road that you should be able to drive down. But this is what happens when government owns the roads, is all they have to do to control it is put their government police all over the place, and then you don't have the freedom to travel anymore. And so i got to know what the, you know, these officers can't come cheap. These are federal cops. So, you know, they want to get money from Ed, Ed and Elaine Brown, um, but yet they're spending a whole bunch of money in the effort to try to, to bring them to justice, so-called, to put them in a jail cell. They're going to spend far more in uh, putting them in jail than they've uh, right. ever lost in them not paying their They've been doing cost. undercover investigations. They've brought out helicopters. Now they've got 20 cops on the side of the road. Anyway, there are at least four guys up the hill dressed in green with weapons. We pulled up and asked us, and they asked us where we were going. We said we were going to the Browns, and they handed us the notice, and which I'll read for you in a moment here, said we should read it. I read it slowly out loud for Lauren while she filmed. I asked, oh good, she got footage. Excellent. I asked if we were being detained, and they said, wait a minute. Lauren said, let's go up the hill. They're not detaining us. I didn't want to be arrested, so I didn't want to keep driving. I said, I can't get arrested. I'll freak out, and they'll kill me. They checked the registration on the van. Plainfield police told Lauren that her license was suspended in New Hampshire, and that if she was caught driving, she would be arrested. We asked if we were free to go, and turned around and left. We pulled over at the bottom of Center of Town Road to talk it over. Made some phone calls, but no one could get here very quickly. Lauren wanted to go in with someone else. Then we went to the main road for better reception. We went back a couple of times, and the third time, Lauren wanted to walk through the woods, but I said, no way, they'll shoot you. When we returned to the roadblock, they laughed and said, oh, you again. I pointed out the notice says you can't go on the property, so we wanted to go on the road, but the marshals wouldn't let us pass. Lauren got out of the van, and they shouted at her to get back in. After a bit more talking, Lauren walked up the road. They started shouting, "You want to stay here with us?" She ran into the fat. Uh, she ran into the fat marshal, and other marshals grabbed her. She dropped to her knees slowly, and they took her arms. They told me that I'd I'd have to leave, or I would be arrested too. So he wasn't doing anything wrong. Just they didn't want him there. Right. And uh, he went to the end of the road and waited to see. Waited to see where they would take Lauren. She was in a gold marshal's vehicle with a white police car behind it. Uh, when Russell and I came to the roadblock, they said our, that our car registration expired a few days ago, and in a deliberate act of persecution of people who disagree with them, they seized our car. We made a few phone calls and got a hold of Lauren's husband, who came to their rescue. So they didn't arrest Kat and Russell because they didn't try to walk past the checkpoint. Lauren attempted to walk past a checkpoint like a free person might do walking down a road that is owned by the public. So she was trying to be a free person and walk down that road, and the federal government arrested her for it. 
They got a checkpoint up, apparently. They do. Uh, And here's what the notice said. This is what they were handing to everybody that was trying to go down the road. This is, again, public road that Ed Brown lives on. Notice. In the criminal case of U.S. versus Ed and Elaine Brown, the defendants were convicted in the U.S. District Court of federal crimes for which they are now subject to a federal warrant of arrest. Therefore, regarding the above captain, uh, crap, captioned criminal action, you are hereby notified that, number one, by order of the U.S. District Court, no one may enter or remain on the property known as 401 Center of Town Road, Plainfield, New Hampshire. Which By is, the way, uh, 401 Center of Town Road, nowhere near the center of town. No. Uh, which is the defendant's residence without the express authorization of the U.S. Marshal's service or its designee. I wonder if they're handing out those authorizations. Number two. Whoever remains or enters on uh, whoever enters or remains on the property without the express authorization of the marshals and or refuses to leave the property may be criminally prosecuted via section 18 USC 11 111 assaulting resisting or impeding certain officers or employees uh, section 402 contempt constituting crimes 1501 assault on a process server and 1509 obstruction of court orders number 3 how do you assault the process server they're just throwing out laws i mean they're the feds they can do whatever they want Number three, whoever, knowing that an offense against the U.S. has been committed by these defendants, isn't that neat? You can actually commit an offense against a non-entity. Isn't that amazing? Right. The U.S. doesn't have a face. It must not be real. How can the U.S. complain about anything? It's not a person. It's not a human being. Anyway, uh, whoever knows that offense has been committed by these defendants receives, relieves, or whoever receives, relieves, comforts, or assists both either defendant in order to hinder or or prevent their apprehension, trial, or punishment shall be criminally prosecuted as an accessory to their crimes after the fact in violation of Section uh, 18 uh, USC 3. Hmm. So the feds are cracking down at this point. There's apparently now a court order that says you can't even be on the Ed and Elaine Brown property. So, pretty shocking. Yeah, I wonder if this is going to continue, if, if this is just one of those sort of waves of effort. They've, they've had a few now. They, right. uh, they, they confiscated gonna... the dentist's office. They uh, tasered some guy in the woods mm-hmm. that was walking a dog. And apparently today they arrested six people at this little checkpoint that they had. Mm. So who knows what the, the six arrests were for, uh, but uh, they, they got six people. They arrested four people earlier this week across the country who had also been to the Ed Brown household. And so they're doing their best to round up uh, supporters of freedom at this point. Uh, uh, we'll keep you informed. I know that the the, uh, the great people over at NHFree.com are considering a civil disobedience, considering having a group of people go up to the Ed Brown household and also attempt to go onto the property. So this could get very interesting very quickly. And If you consider going to jail, interesting. 1-800-259-9231. These people are very, very brave. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number. 800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. That number again, 800-259-9231. Join us online, freetalklive.com. It's the place to go. Shrine of female listeners 
is there. Dozens of ladies have sent us their validated photo to prove that they listen to the show. Head over to Shrine.FreeTalkLive.com to see what that's all about. Shrine.FreeTalkLive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to FreeStateProject.org. That's FreeStateProject.org. I was out this afternoon in uh, Boston, Massachusetts. And uh, there was a mass can festival going on, a freedom-oriented uh, festival uh, surrounding the marijuana theme. And it was basically a big uh, marijuana legalization rally, essentially. It's, I think they're expecting something like 60,000 people to turn out today. So uh, it was pretty cool, pretty cool event. Uh, Did it seem like 60,000? It was smaller than I expected. And I pretty, I'm pretty sure that means 60,000 in and out all day long. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there's ever 60,000 there at one time. Still a pretty big festival, 60,000. It was pretty big, and they had a nice big stage and bands playing and everything like that. Lots of uh, vendors, and uh, the Free State Project had a booth there. In fact, the Free State Project had a nice little, uh, nice little banner right up there on the stage, which was cool. And so Dennis Goddard was there, one of our listeners, mm-hmm. and he had printed up some Free Talk Live flyers. Of course, he was doing the Free State Project thing, but there was a stack of Free Talk Live flyers there, which I thought was awesome. And he even used our colors, yellow and black, which is great. Those are our colors. Uh, which, it was a cool flyer, and he was actually writing our Boston affiliate on the top of it so people could tune in on WBNW. Yeah, he called me, he called me and asked me what the uh, call letters and the dial position were, yeah. so I in, told him. In Boston, it's WBNW 1120. And mm-hmm. so uh, hopefully they got some extra listeners out of that event. And what was really cool was the, the phrase that Dennis was using to get people to pick up the flyers. He says, he just was talking about the Free State Project. He says, oh yeah, and this is really addictive. Points to the flyer. And people just picking them up and taking them. That's all he had to say. Didn't say anything about radio show or anything like that. Just, this is really addictive. And they pick up the flyer and walk away. So, very cool. Who knows how many new listeners we got from uh, this Excellent. And so that's why... I'm sure WBNW appreciates the the advertising. I'm sure they do. Uh, So, that was kind of cool. was out there in the city and meeting. It was a really cool crowd as well. You know, you think maybe that uh, people that would have attended that event would have been... Long-haired? I don't know. Well, there was definitely plenty of people with with long hair, but plastic combs in their back maybe, pockets. Maybe a little stingy, maybe a little light on the uh, the dollars in their pocket, but that's not the case. Uh, there were plenty of donations coming in hmm. uh, from the people that were coming up, and there were some freebies to give away. But uh, they they were actually a lot of people were reaching into their pockets and pulling out dollar bills and put them in uh, putting them in this jar, and it was just a really uh, friendly crowd today. And so hopefully uh, some new people discover the Free State Project that didn't know about it before, and maybe they'll be moving up here sooner rather than later, because we really need as many people to come here as soon as possible. It's really, um, sooner is better. I mean, why wait? I mean, if you can come now, why not? So check out the details at freestateproject.org. Let's go to the phones. Ladies first, it's Paula in Florida. Paula, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello. Hi. I've been listening, and I'll tell you what, this makes me sick, what's happening up there with the Browns. I'm yep. so angry about this, I could just spit fire. You're talking about the uh, the police, uh, the federal yeah. cops standing on the they side of the road no checking right people's papers? They have no right to do this. Well, there they don't have rights, but they do have guns, Paula, and they're not afraid to use them on there you. There has never been an income tax law. Well, that's and something that can be it. argued. That's something that uh, if you talk to a lawyer, they would tell you differently, and I don't think that that's a strong point, Paula. I well, think did that... you know that... 60 million people are not paying income tax. I've heard yeah, that's that number. That's the numbers I've heard. I've heard at upwards of, you know, beyond yeah. 60 million. Yeah, it's more and more, yeah. Anyway, I got a report from freedom.org. And, they can't uh, put them all in jail, can they? No. But uh, the thing is, is that uh, this never went through Congress. It was never ratified. 
I've, I've heard that uh, it's the 17th Amendment, I believe. I've heard that the 17th. 16th? 16th, 16th no, 16th, Amendment. and it was never ratified through Congress. Yeah, I've heard that, and I, it, it seems really odd that they'd be able to get it through. There must have been people that were against it at the time. Well, the government it courts never went through. The government courts disagree with you, Paula, and that's you know apparently well, what matters. It's true, and it was never ratified. Yeah, here's my point on all this, Paula. You can make all the points you want from the legal perspective, but that just means you're going to get into legal arguments with people. Well, if it turned is, out, I mean, Paula, now hold on. If it turned out that the 16th Amendment actually was ratified and that you were wrong, would that change your opinion about the income tax? No, the thing is, it was never ratified. So you didn't answer my question. You didn't answer my question. If it turned out that it was, in a fantasy world, Paula, that would that change your mind about the would it legitimacy be right? of the income tax? Nope. Nope, it's wrong. Exactly. It's absolutely. Because the, the, it's a moral issue. Right. The 13th Amendment, one. which abolished slavery, says that you can't force, you can't make a person a slave. And if I've got to fill out your little form and give you money every year, I'm your slave. Yeah, Paula, thanks yeah. for the call. Appreciate it. Yeah. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Gene, the Christian anarchist in Tennessee. Gene, you're on the air. Actually, I'm in Reno, Nevada right Reno, now. Reno, Gene. What's on your mind? I'm at the Reno National Championship Air Races, and they're just about to start an unlimited race here. You'll be able to hear uh, World War II Bearcats, uh, P-51 Mustangs roaring by overhead. I love those things. Now, is this the race where someone has died in a fiery explosion once a day for the past three days? Well, we've had three fatalities this year, but that's uh, an extremely unfortunate event, and uh, don't ex- it's not the, uh, the usual case. This was uh, just a year of bad luck. But, so uh, no fireballs, uh, no planes hit the ground turning into fireballs and incinerating people in the crowd? That didn't happen this year? Not in the crowd. I mean, there were some accidents, and uh, we did have, like I say, three fatalities. But wow. I'm, stand- I'm standing right now on home pylon, which is the... Uh, Start finish line of the race. Um, I'm I'm one of the pylon judges this year, so uh, my races. Are... I'm sorry, I was just curious. I've never been to one of these air races before, and I don't want to take you away from your judging here, Gene. But uh, but how do they actually start the race? Do they start on the ground and they lift off and they have to land again, or? Start? Depends on the class. The sport class and the biplane class, they take off on the ground, on the runway. Mm-hmm. Uh, the unlimiteds, which is what we're starting right now, uh, they start in the air. They come down from the south uh, south side of uh, Peavine Mountain, and they come over the center of the field and start into the course. They have a pace plane that keeps them in line until the start of the race. I see. Okay. And uh, so they are just now getting lined up for the start. So it's going to be about two more minutes before you hear the first planes roar by. Well, I don't know. If, I don't know if we're going to hang on that long. Why don't you talk about something? Okay. Uh, what, what else is on your mind besides the races, Gene? Well, um, Ron Paul. How about that? My wife was downtown Reno. And she was driving uh, up Virginia Street, and there was a Ron Paul group on the side of the road passing out brochures and bumper stickers. Mm. My wife, my wife got one, and then she called me and said, "Hey, guess what I heard?" So, so that's real interesting. We oh, got so, hey, Ron- speaking of Ron Paul, I was out at the marijuana festival down in Boston today. Again, fifty to sixty thousand people expected to turn out. Guess which presidential candidate had a table at the marijuana festival? Would it be Ron Paul? It would be Ron Paul. There was no other political table anywhere in the entire event. Apparently, they don't think these people vote. Yeah. So, uh, that's something interesting. Now, here, now, Gene, just before you were on the line, Paula was here. She was on the phone with us. And uh, Paula said that, well, the 16th Amendment wasn't ratified and so forth and so on. Now, you as a Christian anarchist, 
What do you have to say to somebody that really just sort of attacks the income tax from a legal perspective like that? Well, I, I of course, attack it from a moral perspective and, and also the perspective that they have no, no legal authority to take anything from me. That's theft. And they can't, uh, you know, they don't have the right to take anything that I worked hard for, that I spent my energy on. They don't have a right to make me give them up because if they do, then it's like, like uh, was just said, it's a form of slavery. Exactly right. And so if you want to be a free person, if somebody's there taking a percentage of your income, then that makes you not so much a free person anymore if you have to give up X amount of dollars. Oh, there's the planes. That's exciting, Gene. That's so exciting. <laughs> Thanks for the call, man. We appreciate it. And have fun out there, okay? Thanks, Gene. 800. He can't hear a thing. Hell no, he can't. <laughs> 1-800-259-9231. I hope everyone there has ear protection. That stuff can ruin you for life. Yeah. I, w- I might want to wear a, like a flame retardant vest or something. Have you seen <laughs> the videos of the planes Awful. just terrible colliding with the ground, turning into this flaming fireball that stretches for 50 feet long, just fuel pouring all over the crowd, burning, incinerating them, their children? Man. I don't know if it's worth going to those things. That seems really risky. More on the way. You can take control. This is the Saturday Show. Take control of the airwaves. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want. The live Saturday edition, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com, where all the features on the site are for free, so do enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go shopping at the Free Talk Live store. We've got all kinds of great Free Talk Live merchandise, everything from Free Talk Live clothing with our snazzy logo on it, like the Free Talk Live hats and T-shirts, and uh, we've got hoodies. Uh, We've also got the Free Talk Live DVD Classic Archive collector sets. We've got a bottle opener lighter combo. We've got flags and more. It's all there at store.freetalklive.com. That is store.freetalklive.com. On the way, we'll find out what contraband has been managed to, apparently been snuck into, of all places, Guantanamo Bay. Yeah, that's right. Government can't even keep things that it doesn't want prisoners to have out of its own maximum security prisons. Well, I, even even the maximum security ones. This is this is the prison that right. the United States is known for. Guantanamo Bay. We'll get to that. But the first, big one. But first, let's jump into the email box and go to Sweden to talk to Bjorn. He says, guys, I absolutely love your show. It's a bit of fresh air here in socialist Sweden. Your show is one of the most important reasons I discovered libertarianism, and I try to listen to all of your shows. In the beginning, I thought you were kind of nuts, but I realized he's I was... talking about you. No, no, he's, 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 uh, says guys. Here, yeah, your yeah, show. He really, he this is our show, trying Mark. trying to spread it out a little bit. Uh, he says, I realized I was so indoctrinated that your message... Now, you could understand how a socialist from Sweden might see Free Talk Live as being nuts. Even you, Mark, as being nuts. Yeah, I, you know, I have a pretty uh, radical stance, but compared to you, I look normal. But realize I was so indoctrinated that your message had a hard time sinking in. Needless to say, they don't teach you about classical liberalism in Swedish government schools. Now, I'm 32 and have been a libertarian for two years. Again, much thanks to you. If you'd like to know about some aspect of life here in Sweden, I'd be happy to be assistance of assistance. For example, the taxes here are absolutely horrible. Here's you know, an example. I, I, I've always wondered about taxes in Sweden. Sweden, to me, seems like the uh, the epitome of socialism. I don't mean the uh, Soviet-style socialism, the, the kind of nicer 
pinker socialism that, mm-hmm. that you think of, though the I don't know the the kinder socialism out there, yeah. not 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 quite the uh, the big red bear that uh, <laughs> so the Soviet Union was. Here in the United States, you pay I don't know twenty five percent, maybe thirty percent in income taxes, mm-hmm. and then fifty cents on every dollar in gas taxes. Fifty cents on every, excuse me. Fifty cents on every gallon um, is gas tax. Right. Cell phone taxes, cable taxes, property taxes can be five thousand mm-hmm. dollars in some places. Sales tax. Sales tax seven eight percent. Depending it all on where adds you up. are. I wonder what the percentage. Then when you start, um, I wonder what the percentages that I pay are. And then I think about well, every bit of taxes that every business that I buy from. I pay their taxes too. Right, that's un- uncalculable. You can't. There's no that way one to. Um, you know, so I, I wonder. Maybe I pay 50% of my income in taxes, and then how much do those businesses pay? Mm-hmm. Do they pay another 50%? And then does that raise my total to 75%, 75%? of my dollars are spent on taxes to it some form of government? It could be. I wonder. And then I wonder what's it like in Sweden. Well, here's what you're going to find out. According to now, this is just his story. This is just Bjorn. Uh, he says apparently his employer pays him a total of seven thousand one hundred and forty dollars monthly for his salary. It's pretty the good. state, the state, the uh, uh, Swedish government takes nineteen hundred and thirteen dollars off of that amount. The local government sucks off seventeen hundred and twenty-eight dollars, and the rest, thirty-four hundred ninety-nine dollars, finds its way into my bank account. So approximately fifteen, fifty uh, percent there. That sounds like fifty, yeah, fifty percent. So before I get a chance to even spend my money, the state on all levels confiscates about 50%. Then there are the other taxes, like the value-added tax. Is that the sales tax? Well, now, it's a different version of a sales tax. People in America don't necessarily know what a value-added tax is. Uh, basically, what happens is, the instead of actually charging a sales tax at the point of sale, what they end up doing, as I understand it, at least with the value-added tax, is the wholesalers are charging the uh, the tax, hmm. or the, the wholesalers have to build the tax in to the cost of their products. So the tax is included, the sales tax is included in the price of the uh, of, of the item, essentially. According to Wikipedia, it's a tax on exchanges. It's uh, also called a goods and services tax, uh, tax in Great Britain, I think. Doesn't sound much different than a sales tax. It's levied on the added value that results from each exchange. It differs from a sales tax because a sales tax is levied on the total value of the exchange. For this reason, a VAT is neutral with respect to the number of passages that there are between the product and the final consumer. A VAT is an indirect tax in that the tax is collected from someone other than the person who actually bears the cost of the tax, the final consumer. Uh... So but the consumer is all, always bears the burden of tax. Right. Because if there isn't a consumer... But it's not collected directly from them. Is what I understand. Uh, to avoid double taxation on final consumption, exports are not usually subject to a VAT, and VAT charged under cer- uh, such circumstances is usually refundable. So... Yeah, yeah well, that's great. It's refundable. you got to know that you paid it. It's, a, it's at a wholesale level. According to the... Uh, let's see. Sweden. Yeah, it's 25% there is what they're paying as a uh, a VAT tax. So when your laptop rolls off the assembly line, they have to pay, uh, probably, I guess it's, um, I don't know, Circuit City or whoever would have to pay the 25% VAT tax. So if it's a $500 laptop, 100 bucks of that is uh, VAT. Yep, exactly. 
So there's your uh, value-added tax, and the rest of his detail is, so 50% he loses to the state income taxes and local income taxes. Then, on anything he buys, he's paying that value-added tax of 25%. And, of course, there are special taxes on alcohol, gasoline, and a variety of other things. I'm sure they tax their cell phone services just like the U.S. government does. So Anything they can, just ac- like the U.S. government does. According to his calculations, he pays about 60% of his income to the state. I think he's being a little conservative there, but, uh, but by his calculations, compared to our calculations, it's at about the same place. So we live in a socialist country, Mark. I, I, I don't think anybody can argue against it. The only thing we right. don't have is socialized medicine. And they're working on that. But instead, we pay for a gigantic military. 1-800-259-9231 if you uh, want to share your tax burden with us. Or what are, the, uh, what are the most absurd taxes you've ever had to pay? You're welcome to share those stories. By the way, I don't think we should have a, um, you know, a, a socialized medicine. I just want to make it clear that we pay for this giant military that many other countries don't have to support. It's true. Doug in Sydney writes in, here is the uh, last hurdle to libertarianism for him. He says, guys, uh, you've changed my way of seeing the world. I'm a better person for it. I want to strike at the heart of things by asking two devil's advocates questions that have been troubling me. It's my last hurdle to consider myself a true libertarian. Mark, why would you say it's okay to blindly follow the U.S. Constitution, but not blindly follow the law? Isn't the Constitution just the biggest of all laws? The reason that I use the Constitution um, is because it has value. Um, For instance, the Bible tells us what's right and what's wrong. Um, People people look at the Bible and they say, oh, it says it, it must be true. The Bible doesn't define what's right or what's – it doesn't make things right or wrong. It just tells us what's right or wrong. It just shows us. And people look at the the Bible as, you know, it it, it has relevance. They they care about it. It it matters to them. Mm -hmm. In the same way, the Constitution has relevance here. It's the highest law in the land. I don't think that that because something's in the Constitution, it's right. I just think that um, people care that we have a Constitution to some extent or another. It is the, the, the document on which all of our laws are based, our government is based, and so therefore I think our government should abide by that Constitution. I th- the Constitution includes a provision for the post office. I think the post office is stupid and mm. irrelevant. Um, we do not need a post office. We can. So you're saying you don't blindly follow the U.S. Constitution. You you take a look at it and you can you can pick out what's what was good about it and what was might have been a, a bit of a mistake. That's correct. I just uh, I just con- use it as a goal as as a guidepost. It's uh, certainly more sensible than all the silly man laws that have come after it. Mm-hmm. Uh, his other thing, what would you say to people who don't accept the fundamental assumption of property rights? Isn't that the ultimate hurdle to a libertarian society? I grew up in the outback of Australia, where aboriginal people don't own anything. They consider themselves owned by the land. If you ordered a pizza, they'd come up to you and take a slice each, because property rights don't even occur to them. Could libertarian philosophy be flawed by the fundamental assumption that we have property rights in any natural way at all? Has it occurred to you that the assumption, or that that assumption, is a pretty big leap on your part? Can libertarianism only exist in the context of the assumption? Well, um, for one thing, it's difficult for me to apply libertarian philosophies in other countries where I don't know how things are. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the best, everybody I know and everyone that I've ever met understands property rights. Um, it's pretty fundamental. It may not be entirely fundamental, but it's darn close to the foundation of what people believe. So maybe the aboriginal people don't uh, believe in property rights. I don't know. I, right. I, I'm going to have to take his word for it. But it's, you know, you know, um, it 
I just don't know. I you know that that's I can't apply it to Australia. Well, and also, um, as far as assumptions are concerned and, and property rights, libertarianism is all about being able to, you know, live your life how you want so long as you don't harm anybody else. So if what that means is that you want to go and live on a commune with people and share all your pizzas, then, okay, you can do that. Or if you want to go and live on, uh, you know, your own piece of property and keep everybody off your grass, you can do that, too. Um it, it's going to be hard to explain to some Aboriginal people, but I bet that if you decided you want to defend your pizza when the Aboriginals tried to come uh, tried to come and take the pieces, then they'd all of a sudden discover that uh, maybe they didn't have the access to that they thought they would. We can talk about this more on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Hour two's coming up. You take control. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just three dollars a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. Say cool CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online as we launch into hour number two. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. The features on the site are for free. That, again, is freetalklive.com. Last hour, we ended up reading an email from Doug in Sydney, Australia, and he had an interesting question uh, about libertarianism and property rights. And I I would like to read it again and maybe get your comments on it, listeners, at 800-259-9231. But I also wanted to just expound on it a bit more because we only had a few seconds to, uh, to actually answer. He says, what would you say to people who don't accept the fundamental assumption of property rights? Uh, I grew up in the outback in Australia where Aboriginal people don't own anything. They consider themselves owned by the land. Uh, He says, could libertarian philosophy be flawed by the fundamental assumption that we have property rights in any natural way at all? Has it occurred to you that this is uh, that this assumption is a pretty big leap on your part? Can libertarianism exist only in the context of that assumption? I think that property rights are pretty fundamental to the concept of libertarianism. But then again... And property rights are pretty fundamental to our society as a whole. In America. Uh, That's the reason we have laws against stealing. Apparently they don't have such a thing with Aboriginal people. I don't know, but they must not. I don't presume to know much about the Aborigines in Australia, Mm -hmm. but um, I don't know. I, I, I presume they're not coming into the cities to do business there, right? They're not coming in and trying to sit in people's apartments because they think they're their apartments too, right? right? They're owned by the apartment. They're pretty much, you know, taking care of themselves out in the wilderness or whatever, and they leave people alone. And so there's no problem there. There's no conflict. Uh, The only time conflict comes up is when you claim property and somebody else comes up and claims that same property, uh, you know, as their own or wants to do something to it without your permission or wants to do something on it without your permission. Right. And if you own your land, you get to decide what happens to all the property that happen, you know, that, that is on that land. So if you ordered a pizza on your land, then the Aboriginal people likely wouldn't just help themselves to it without your permission because it's your land. Whereas if you go to their place and hang out um, on their property, then order a pizza, then you know, your pizza is kind of up for grabs. Exactly. Uh, so... Is it an assumption? Yes, it is an assumption um, because, again, it is pretty widely held here in America. But it, but it's not required for libertarianism to be an understandable philosophy. You know, the, the, the basic philosophy is simple, and that is let me live my life how I want. I'll let you live your life how you want to. You don't come and attack my home. I don't come and attack your home. We can all get along that way. So there's not necessarily an implicit assumption of property rights in that statement. Not necessarily. 
Um, but I think it still is pretty important, and it still is pretty critical to what we talk about on this show, because it really is – property rights really are the basis of freedom, because if you don't have property rights, if you can't keep what you work for, if you don't actually have the ability to own the things that you create and the things that you do, uh, and the, you know, the, uh, the assets that you, uh, that you attain, if you don't actually have any uh, instance, uh, any ability to own those things, then you aren't as likely to want to acquire them. You aren't as likely to go out and work that hard. You aren't as likely to, uh, to be as careful or as caring about the things that, uh, that you possess. So uh, ownership is very, very important. Ownership means that it's like the difference between a renter and an owner of a piece of property. The renters, they just don't care. I've got a piece of property down in Sarasota, Florida. It's uh, up for sale, actually, right now at house.freetalklive.com. But there are renters in it right now, and I saw a picture that was taken by my uh, realtor of the front yard. When I lived there, I spent a lot of time out in that front yard making it very pretty. Pulling the weeds. Pulling the weeds and that sort of thing. And I was so saddened by the picture because it was brown and it it looked awful. You know, the renters just don't care about it. Mm. It's supposed to be their responsibility to hire someone to take care of it, but I'm not there to really jump down their throats on that issue. So what can I do? Yeah. It's it's not their property. And so property rights are pretty important. Property rights are what makes the uh the free marketplace really work so well. Cuz again, if you don't own the fruits of your labor, why bother laboring? If you've got to give up the your uh, the fruits of your labor to anybody who comes along and decides they want some of them, why would you want to even try very hard at all? That's one of the reasons why communism doesn't work. It's because you don't let people have property, then they don't care. Oh, yeah, what, I'm guaranteed health care, guaranteed food, guaranteed water and, and moldy bread? Nah, eh, whatever, I'll just lay down on the couch all day. Why should I go out and work? Because I'm just going to have to give a, a 90% of my stuff to somebody else anyway. So That's how it works, I'm it, afraid. It's pretty important. 800-259-9231. Let's go to the phones. We've been uh, getting the latest here, keeping our listeners up to date on the latest on the Lauren Canario situation here in New Hampshire. A friend of ours who's been arrested by the federal U.S. Marshals today as she attempted to uh, enter the property of convicted tax resistors, uh, Ed and Elaine Brown. Dave is on the line in New Hampshire. Dave, what's on your mind? You're on Free Talk hey Live. Hey, guys. Uh, well, I listen, I just wanted to give a quick action item to our listeners um, that anybody can do from anywhere, and that is just simply to call the U.S. Marshal's office in Concord, New Hampshire. Do you have a number? I do. I, I know you don't like numbers on the air, so I was just going to give a keyword search. If you just if you go to the internet and search uh, Concord, Concord Marshals, just Concord comes, comes right Marshals, up. that will get you to the number. Okay. I can also give it to you if you want me to. Um, d- no, don't worry about that. That'll work. Uh, but call the Concord U.S. Marshals in Concord, New Hampshire. And what should people say? I just said four words. Free Lauren Canario. Three words. <laughs> so you've obviously heard the news. Uh, she went trying to get into the Ed Brown household today, trying to even enter the property. The feds arrested her. Actually, she wasn't even close to the entrance of the property, as I understand it. She was just trying to uh, walk past the feds' roadblock. Feds were blocking a public road in Plainfield, New Hampshire, demanding that people show their papers in order to get through on this public road. They she, weren't getting through. She tried to uh, to walk past, and they uh, they arrested her. Yeah, you know, Lauren did it without having any idea whether she'd get any media coverage or whether it would be, you know, whether it would be fruitful or not. She just did it, probably without even thinking for very long. We know that at this point there was a video camera on the scene, but we don't yet know if there was footage captured of her arrest. 
So we're trying to uh, to ascertain that as uh, as the night goes on here, and of course uh, keep our listeners updated. But that's always a good suggestion: is to call the police and let them know that uh, that people or the U.S. Marshals in this case, and let them know that we are watching, we are paying attention, and we aren't going to forget about our friend. Apparently, this is actually going to be a first for the feds because Lauren's been arrested by the Connecticut police twice. She's been arrested by uh, the let's see who are. Was it the Fed? Yeah, the feds did arrest her. They did arrest her uh, here in Keene at the IRS protest. But I think this is really going to be the first time they're going to have her in some sort of custody because they took her to the, the local jail instead of some federal facility. So they, I don't know if they know what they're getting into arresting Lauren Canario. Yeah, and, and again, for your listeners, just keyword search, Concord Marshals. Uh, on Yahoo or something like that, and that will give you pretty quick the number for the U.S. Marshals in Concord. Now, Dave, and what's going on? I'm sorry, what's going on on Monday? Is it Monday or Tuesday? Something's happening in Concord. I know that Cat uh, Canning, another one of the super activists up here, has been talking about maybe moving her protest to Concord, where she's expecting she may also be arrested by the federal government. Correct. Now, this is uh, it's a little complicated. There have been several demonstrations inside IRS offices. They've been, they've been arresting people just for entering the IRS offices and trying to hand pieces of paper to the IRS workers. And Kat was one of the people who did that. She went into the IRS office, got herself arrested for doing that. Actually, she was and, holding a sign. She was not yeah, uh, she handing was, out paper. That's right. She was holding a sign. And um, uh, so she has a court date on September 17th, Monday, and she's already said she's not going to go, but she mm-hmm. was going to demonstrate in Keene. I guess she's decided to demonstrate right outside the federal courthouse in Concord, but refused to go in when her trial starts. Mm. So that will get – who knows what they'll do. Maybe they'll arrest her on the spot, uh, or maybe they'll just put out a warrant and come get her when they can do it in the dark. I suspect it'll be the latter, especially if there are people around with video cameras. They probably will want to, uh, to keep their activities on the down low. Uh, but you yeah. never know with these guys. You really don't. So yeah. – Hopefully, uh, are you going to be out there for that one, Dave? I'm planning to be on there on Monday. Tomorrow, I'm going to be at the Ron Paul thing, more okay. than likely. Okay. And then, who knows what's going to happen after that? I mean, it's hard to see even two days into the future at all. Sure. What's the Ron Paul thing tomorrow? Oh, it's huge. It's like a straw poll in Manchester. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have, I guess, Ron Paul signs just all up and down Elm Street, and and uh, you know we're going to try our best to, to, to place well in, in the straw poll. And we, and, you know, I think he'll do fine. He did right in the last New Hampshire straw poll, as I, as, as I recall. So uh, keep up the good work, Dave. And if I don't make it out on Monday, uh, definitely call in and let us know what happens uh, with that One particular thing, protest. Yes. If you leave a message at the marshal, leave a message for Marshal Stephen Monier. Even He's Monier. in charge of the whole operation. Thanks for the call, Dave. Appreciate the suggestion at 800-259-9231. What is it? What contraband has been snuck inside the cages at Guantanamo Bay? We will explore, and you can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. Sakel, CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us, including the archives. An entire year's worth of the show, front page of the website. You go and get them for free at freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 
800-544-6359, SACL CAI. 800-259-9231 is our number, and you can bring up anything on this, the live Saturday edition. Mark, let's talk about contraband, because as somebody who has spent a bit of time in a prison cell, nine years of it, in fact. That's correct. Uh, you know a little bit, you know a thing or two about contraband in prisons. Yes, I do. And I mean, but before you get into the article, I mean, what was your experience being inside a, uh, a state prison in the state of Florida, as far as what were the things that were there amongst the prisoners that should not have been there? Everything as you, uh, that you can imagine. They had all kinds of clothing items. Uh, guys would want special, you know, they would want free people clothing because it made them feel a little freer. Mm-hmm. Um, there were, you know, like, for instance, you could get socks in um, on a uh, package permit. You were allowed to have those. But shirts and uh, all kinds of other things you just couldn't have. You, If you wanted to wear a T-shirt, you had to wear the state-issued T-shirt that had a big stamp on it. Mm. said you're a convict. Um, and guys wanted other stuff like that. There were drugs and uh, you know, tobacco items and all kinds of different things that uh, guys would get in. Special toothpaste. Food. What about food? Food. Yeah. Uh, all kinds of different food. So, now, this is typical. I mean, this is not just your the prison that you were in. This is all over the place. And the every, way it typically every prison happens, there is. Isn't it the way it happens? Is imagine. there are certain guards that uh, will, will bring the things in? Um, there's there's all kinds of employees uh, that are involved in running a prison. There's, um, you know, maintenance employees. There are... Uh, sort of, uh, you know, counseling employees, mm-hmm. there are guards, there's administrative staff, there's teachers. I would imagine there's 200, 300 employees. I could be on the low side mm-hmm. um, for the you know prison I was in that had 1,000 inmates. Yeah, there's you, you never know. Whether they, they bring in food for themselves, and if they don't feel like eating it, they give it to a convict, or maybe they bring in something special. Um, you know, maybe they, are, they have a prearranged uh, scenario with the convict where they're going to get some money. Um, Usually a fair amount of money. I mm-hmm. mean, you told me that marijuana sold for ten times more than it did on the street yes, inside pri- uh, prison for the crappiest weed you could possibly imagine in the smallest quantities. I would imagine it's the crappiest. I, I don't know for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it was um, essentially uh, $10 for a tenth of a gram. Jeez. So, uh, with that in mind, the the idea that, well, okay, maybe these government prisons aren't so great at keeping contraband out, let's look at one of the most restrictive prison, uh, one of the most uh, locked down prisons in American history, Guantanamo Bay. Yep. Before we go on, I'd like to say marijuana wasn't the only drug that was in prison. There I were, bet. Uh, you know, cocaine. I saw all kinds of different types of drugs mm-hmm. and heard about more. Okay. San Juan, Puerto Rico from the Associated Press. Guards at the Guantanamo Bay prison found two prisoners sporting unauthorized underwear. <laughs> And the U.S. military is investigating to determine how they got the contraband. Hmm. Both prisoners were caught wearing Under Armour briefs. As That's you can, nice underwear from Yeah, it's I nice understand. stuff, and you can imagine these guys would like to get a hold of something like mm-hmm. that. And one also had a Speedo bathing suit. <laughs> now, you know, I, I've got to say there's an, <laughs> it, it, there's an incredible drawing power to Speedo bathing suits, so I, I get why that would have made it in there. The demand's so high. Okay. Wow. Items the military said were not issued by Guantanamo personnel. Thank God that Guantanamo is not issuing Speedo bathing suits. Or sent through the regular mail, according to Defense Department letter, letter obtained Friday by the Associated Press. Army Lieutenant Colonel Ed Bush, a spokesman for the jail, holding some 350 men in suspicion of terrorism or links to the Al-Qaeda and Taliban, said that 
Um, Moore was involved. Let's see. Said Moore was involved in just an uproar over skivvies. He said the appearance of contraband raised serious concerns about the potential for smuggling other items that could be used by detainees to harm themselves or staff. Sure, like a shiv or something. There's no room for error when working in a dangerous environment. Constant vigilance is the, of the utmost importance, well, Bush said. Now, you didn't have to put those guys there. I mean, it's not like the environment had to be created. It didn't. Uh, this isn't even necessary, this whole prison the Guantanamo thing. These these poor guys were picked up off the street in places like Pakistan. I can't say I think that they're all innocent, but I think that none of them have been given a, a real trial. Nope. I just I don't know what we do with these guys. When is the war on terror going to end? No, no time in our lifetimes, according when to the government. When do we uh, let government. these guys go? Um, a lot of them were picked up on the word of some um, chieftain somewhere in right, Pakistan the, or uh, or in Afghanistan. Yeah, they were paid bounties per head. It didn't matter if they were actual criminals. They just picked up people they didn't like and rounded them up into a van. And or somebody who they don't the, know in the area. Right. Dropped them off of the U.S. government and they got paid a bounty. That's why there's 340 guys there. It's not because they're all bad guys. It's because the, the government paid for them. Um, I'd also like to talk about weapons uh, that uh, inmates can get. Smuggled weapons? Well, not just smuggled weapons, but um, depending on how things go. I don't know how this prison is. I would think likely these guys don't get out of their cells very much. But, um, you know, prisons all over the United States, they make knives. Uh, they, the simplest is to get a razor, which likely they some of these guys shave, if not all of them. I'm mm. sure I know all of them don't. I mean, they're Muslim. If, they, uh, if you get a razor, just take the blade out, and then you... Uh, Put it in the end of a toothbrush, just melt it in there with a lighter or matches. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they let these guys smoke, right? They have to light know, the man. cigarettes somehow. Um, that's how. That's the. That's the most rudimentary form of a uh, a knife that you can make. You can get a. <laughs> you can get a piece of metal. Awesome. Put it on. Uh, you know, just you just file it down over time on the floor or the wall, which is made out of concrete. I, you know, I just have to say, I'm so glad that you finally came out about the prison thing. Yeah, I know you love it. Uh, no, you didn't really come out, but uh, we were going. You were going to eventually, mm-hmm. and uh, because the prison stories are just so great for uh, for on air. And I mean, what other show can you tune into to learn how to make a prison ship? G. Gordon Liddy, maybe. You learn. He wouldn't talk about that. He's a good good man. He wouldn't spread that information. I'm sure he would. <laughs> uh, but uh, but wow, I mean, you, you learn something new every night here on Free Talk Live. So, End of a toothbrush melted into a uh, into a razor blade. Yep. Um, now, but if you just get a regular piece of metal, and you can over time, you can sharpen that, and just rubbing it on concrete, you can sharpen that into a mm-hmm. knife. Um, do these guards, you think, do target practice? At, just out in they Cuba, have guns. Just hanging they out. Have guns. Probably, yeah. They have guns. Essentially, what a gun is is a, is a delivery method for a bullet, right? Yeah. All you really need is the bullet. If you can get a tube of metal and um, you know something to hit that uh, hit the back of that bullet hard enough, you've got a gun. That's what they really? call it, a zip gun in prison. Yes. What do you use to hit the back of the bullet? You need something pretty precise for that. Um, right? Not particularly precise. No. You've got to hit that little target in the bit middle of the back. The, of the one bullet. that I saw um, had a spring on it with a nail, a, a portion of a nail on it. Wow. And it would hit the um, you know allegedly. I never saw it fired. Yeah. If you could imagine trying to fire a gun, <laughs> uh, you know, without getting caught That's in prison. That's one of those things you only fire once, right? That's right. right. It's a single load you're done. situation. Yeah. Blow the gun up. Right. Fire and, it. and usually these weapons aren't used against the guards. No. They're used against other convicts. Sure. Which, sure. you know, convicts are all caught up in their little soap operas. 
But yeah, I. It, 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 anywhere you're going to have people, you're going to have weapons. If you've got any prison making uh, pr- weapons making tips for prison, give us a call. 800-259-9231. I'm sure there's some that you haven't seen, Mark. Uh, 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. You can bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Egan here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got the updates. You get signed up, we'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. Get on the list by going to updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates.freetalklive.com. The Republican Liberty Caucus welcomes new members in the pursuit of individual rights, limited government, and free enterprise principles, all within the GOP. Visit rlc.org and click join us today. We'll find liberty together. That's rlc.org. Let's go to the phones to the fun. Talk to Tony in Florida listening on WFTL. Hello, Tony. Hey, how you doing, guys? Great. What's uh, on your mind? Just a couple of things. i got to be honest with you. I'm a little, uh, not a, I don't know if I'm offended, but I'm a little disturbed by uh, the remarks you were making before about... Um, the guys at Guantan- Guantanamo Bay being uh, these poor guys. My niece is a uh, West Point cadet or graduate who's a lieutenant that was in Afghanistan during uh, Enduring Freedom. And, you know, from the conversations I had from her and many others, a lot of these guys at Guantanamo, and I'm not saying that every single one, there may be a few out there that were picked up that shouldn't have been picked up, but i got to tell you, speaking of her, she was there on the ground. A lot of these guys were guys that they caught on the battlefield. And, you know, it seems very offensive just to make a remark of these poor guys. I mean, we're talking about, you know, survival of our country, you know, against terrorism. And the other thing that I just want to pick up, and I'll, I'll listen to your comments uh, off. Uh, no, no, off. I got some questions. stay on, actually. We I got, got some questions. questions. Okay, but the other, the other comment I wanted to make was is that in regards to uh, you saying, when is this war on terror going to end? I mean, I don't think that's something that we can dictate. I mean, if these guys, I mean, look what's been going on the last few years between the, the, the bombings in Spain, the bombings in, um, uh, or the threats in England and the bombings in England. I mean, you know, I don't think this is a war that's, that's going to be done anytime soon. I don't think we're, we're the ones that uh, have that say. Oh, yeah, we absolutely are the ones that have that say. To, to address what you said last, uh, it's the governments, uh, the, the U.S. government going around and uh, meddling in other countries' affairs that actually uh, encouraged 9-11 to happen in the first place, and it's the U.S. Co- uh, government's continued meddling that encourages continued instances well, of terrorism. Terrorism is drastically on the rise ever since uh, the U.S. government invaded Afghanistan and Iraq. So, actually, the best way to stay safe would be to, to bring the troops home and to... Wait a minute. Hold on here. Wait a minute. Before 9-11... What did we do before 9/11 that that initiated them bombing? The, oh boy, uh, the world great question. I, it, it's it's a fantastic question. A lot of Americans other. don't know this. It's absolutely true. How you notice how Iraq is a bunch of straight lines in in a shape? Mm-hmm. What do you mean the, the shape of the shape. shape of Iraq? It's lines. Yeah. It's not um, you know it's not defined by a river. uh, rivers or mountains or anything like that. It's defined by straight lines. Who do you think put those lines there? Yeah, but, yeah, but what you, you're talking about Iraq now. I'm talking about the. I'm talking. I'm about using it as an example. If you'll notice, in in the Middle East, 
all of those countries have straight lines. They're not defined by tribes. They're not defined by um, you know ethnic groups. They're defined by lines that were put by white men on by, on okay, maps. Well, let me ask you another question. How about Ahmadinejad in Iran saying that he wants to kill every Jew that he that he denies the Holocaust, that he wants to kill any uh, American, the infidel. I mean, I haven't heard that it comes part. To a point that uh, these people cannot be rational with. They're, they're irrational people, um, hold on. especially when they're, they're fighting for a religious cause, which makes them even more dangerous. Sure. I, would, sure. I totally agree with you that Ahmadinejad is a radical. I would, what I would say is Ahmadinejad likely would never have come to power if it wasn't for our meddling in the Middle East in the first place. Do you remember the Shah of Iran? Um, these, these radicals oh, are bolstered by our actions. Wait a minute, we want to go back that far. The, okay. You have to go what back we, that far. These people remember history, unlike Americans, sir. What did we do back in 1976 or 77 when they took our embassy and our hostages in Iran? What, we installed the then? we installed the Shah in the 60s. Then? The Shah was a dictator in Iran, and he killed people. Those people didn't like the fact that we put up our puppet leader in charge of their country. Would you like that if they did it to us? We put up... Their leader. The Shah was Iran. installed by the United States of America. Yes, sir. Uh, CIA I, would, you, right? I disagree with you. Then you don't get this to disagree with history. Don't read history, my friend. Thing, we're talking about we're talking about people that want to kill our children. I would not I doubt that there are some of them that absolutely do want to kill our children. Tony, Tony slow down, slow down for just a moment. Okay, we understand where you're coming from, Tony. You're very scared. You're very frightened. Okay, we understand that. But you need to slow down and listen for just one moment, Tony. For every single thing no, so, no Tony, it's not your fault. Years. It's not Tony, my I'm fault. Tony, I'm not calling you. I'm not, Tony, I'm not saying this is your fault. It's I'm the government's fault. That if no, you, I'm hold on. Wait, 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 wait. I'm not saying it's your fault. I'm saying that if we, the United States government, gets involved in other countries' business, which was against the advice of our founding fathers, then we are going to have trouble with those people's politics. Osama bin Laden would like... Hold on, wait, 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 Tony, wait, 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 I'll let you go. After this last statement, I'll let you go. Osama bin Laden would love to... He is part of the ruling class, um, you know, he's one of the ruling families from Saudi Arabia. He would love to be king of Saudi Arabia. But we're supporting his brother. We're keeping his brother in power so Osama bin Laden can't take over. Do you... But but I, I still see, I, the way you're making it sound is making it sound like we're the bad guys here. Slow down. If you Hold stir, on. If you stir up an ant pile, you're liable to get bit. Wait, wait, Tony. Tony, can you stop using the collectivist terms? Tony, Tony. I mean, come on. Can you stop for just a moment using these collectivist terms? I'm not saying anything about you or your family or anybody else. Sir, you said we were talking about you as the bad guy. You said we're the bad guy. The United States federal government is the bad guy, sir. Not you, not me. As Americans, as an American country, we're the bad guys. Yeah, you you apparently can't separate. Apparently, you're just totally indoctrinated with these collectivist terms. Do you consider yourself a collectivist? I'm saying in general, us as Americans. You're saying that us as Americans are the bad guys. No, Americans aren't the government. We we as Americans aren't the government. The people in government are the government, sir. Okay, I'll change my phrase. You're saying that this American government that we live upon is is the bad guy. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And killed, okay, innocent civilians, okay. No, we didn't say that. Don't put words in my mouth, Tony. Uh, Nobody said killing innocent civilians was okay. 
In fact, that might be why, if you think about it for a moment, can you imagine what it would be like? Just think for, just follow me on this, okay? Thought process, thought, uh, thought experiment. Can you imagine if the Chinese army decided to come over here to the United States because we need a little bit of help with this war on terror, so they're going to come over here and you know build a few bases around and maybe patrol your neighborhood to make sure that everything's going to be safe at night. How would you feel at that point? Well, you're talking about apples and oranges now. No, no sir. We went and liberated a country. If you're, if you're, Liberate, if you're, taking liberate. This, you're taking this back. You're taking this back to Iraq. How about Afghanistan, okay? There was a, a tyrant regime in there. Okay? Let's go back to the founding Where fathers. Walked around, they were beaten and raped. We went there. We liberated that country, okay? We tried to give that country you, a good head start. I don't think the things that we've done in these countries are bad intentions. Yeah, see, oh, I, they don't are bad. Like I don't think they're bad from bad intentions. I would totally agree with you. But you can do the road to hell, after all, is paved with good intentions. Right, let's Tony. go back to what the founding fathers said. It was, uh, it was uh, Thomas Jefferson and George Washington. They both said uh, very similar things. It's, to paraphrase what they said they said that uh, this country should remain neutral, that we should not get into entangling alliances with other countries, and that we should uh, stick to our own guns here and defend our freedom here in America and not go around the world invading other countries. Why would you well, want to stray minute, so far from their point. advice, Tony? Before 9-11, before 9-11, what countries had we invaded? Are you okay, out of your have, mind? You no, no, me, you're are using... Are you telling me because we have an air base in Saudi Arabia? Yes, that's how they feel, Tony. Tony, if the Chinese had an air base at, near your house, how would you feel? Whether the United States government said it was okay or not, what would you uh, think on, about it? Guys. I'm you're, asking you're you. About, you're talking about an air base versus them killing our people. I mean, come on. They now, feel totally occupied. Different. So you'd be okay you with the Chinese? One, I want to make one last point and I'll let you go. Yes, sir. Um, one last point that I think it was interesting in Osama bin Laden's uh, speech, if you want to call it that, this mm -hmm. week, how he was talking about how capitalism is the devil and this and that. It's funny because the reason he's got the money that he has is because of capitalism. His family, okay, building highways. Sure, you're right about that, Tony. Osama bin Laden's a bad man. Okay, you you so are correct about that about part, the part, Tony. Okay, the hypocrisy in, in talking about our type of... Of, of government the way that, that so you're okay with the Chinese just to jump back you're okay with the Chinese building a military base down the street from you okay so now you understand why the Saudis aren't okay with us doing the same thing thanks Tony more on the way it's free talk live This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where we've got the wiki. Uh, over 1,400 pages created by listeners like you. If you like that and you like all the other features on our website, then you can help support us on a voluntary basis by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote, and you can go to amp.freetalklive.com to get more information about the program. It's very simple. The idea is you send in three bucks a month. We take it and turn it around into getting on more radio stations across the country and spreading the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible. You get some perks, too. Get all the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Live.com. We just got off the phone with uh, Tony in Florida, and it's so hard to have conversations uh, with people like Tony. Tony, he's he's got good intentions. Tony's, you know? Tony's one of those good Americans that gets up every day, goes to work, he pays his taxes. If called upon 
he would lay down his life for this country. I'm sure he would. I want I just want to make it clear that's the th- that's what we're taught to do and it's a good thing to some extent. But the problem is he he isn't thinking about some of the things that he's being told. He's sort of taking what uh, Fox News or CNN or whoever it is Rush Limbaugh says at face value and um, he's not really giving it too much thought. We asked him a very important question about this whole conflict in the Middle East and the fact that uh, you know the fact that things did happen before 9/11. Uh, that there were a lot of things that happened right. on the part he of the is, U.S. He essentially government. asked us what what did we do to deserve 9/11, and we told him that you know we installed a shah in Iran, and we, he didn't believe you about we, the shah. Right, we supported the we support the king in Saudi Arabia. We Look, su- I don't support any of well, this. This is the U.S. United government. States government supports the king in um, Saudi Arabia, the king in Jordan. All these countries, these they have these uh, monarchs, these these tyrannical leaders. Now I don't know how tyrannical, but believe me, a king is tyrannical. Right. Every single time. That's it's the definition of tyrannical. I don't care if he's raping women. has rape rooms like supposedly Saddam Hussein had, which I never saw a rape room on any news mm-hmm. feed ever. Um, you know, these guys are tyrants. That's what they are. They're kings. Right. The United States government should not be supporting a king. We fought a war, a revolutionary war against a king. The, we don't believe in kings. The U.S. government shouldn't be supporting any other country, any other form of government around the world Period. No. That's what the founding fathers said, and they it said doesn't it matter. for a reason. Right. It doesn't. It, it, the fact is, um, Thomas Jefferson said that eternal vigilance is the price of liberty. Eternal vigilance is the price of liberty. We have not been vigilant in keeping our government, the government we are responsible for, mm-hmm. out of the business of other countries. Right. It has run amok. It has turned into a, a, a uh, you know, it's turned into an empire. I'm sorry. Hegemony. Sure. If you have troops in 131 nations. Out of 190 in in the United right. Nations, you've got an empire. Most other countries have troops in one nation, their right. own. Th- that's where our troops should be. Right. Now, I am not an isolationist. I believe that Americans should be able to do business with whomever they want in whatever country they want. I am not an isolationist. I just believe that our military should be in our within our borders, protecting our nation, just like everybody else's military is within their borders, protecting their nation. Exactly. Now, I asked a very legitimate question. And he bounced back, well, the apples and oranges. And my question was, how would you feel? And you can ask yourself this, listeners, and you can answer it at 800-259-9231. But how would you feel if the Chinese government decided that, you know, it's not going to do any violence. It's not going to attack the American people. It just needs to set up a military base in, you know, Texas, for instance, because they're doing some military operations and they need to, they just need a military base in Texas. I mean, they're the Chinese military. They're one of the largest militaries in the they world. They deserve to be able to do so. They're, they're, they need a military base, just like the U.S. government needs military bases in all kinds of countries. So how do you think the people of Waco, Texas would feel if there was a military base built just to the south of their, uh, of their city? I imagine they'd be livid. If they were a good American like Tony is, they would be livid. And what's apples and oranges about that exactly? That That's it's the same exact thing. Because the, in the minds of these good Americans, and, and, and I'm not going to call them bad ones, in the minds of these good Americans, they believe the United States is the next best thing to Jesus Christ. It can do no wrong. It can't do any wrong. Right. And that is not eternal vigilance. And the- That is apathy. And that the- is intellectually dishonest. And the other problem, uh, the other problem with that mentality is... 
If you think the U.S. government, whatever it does, is is right or more likely to be right than other governments because it's the U.S. government, uh, then you could see that uh, that he had this sort of um, affiliation of uh, sort of communal thought. Basically, he had this uh, these. He kept using the term we. Uh, when we were talking about what the government was doing, he kept saying, so wait, you think that, uh, that, that Americans are bad people, that are the Americans are, that, that we're doing bad things? No, no, it's not you and I. It's not most of the people listening to this show. It's the people running the government that are doing bad things. They may be good people when they go home to their families and, you know, go out to their Christmas dinners and give money to charities. They may be good people individually. But when they get behind the controls of the wheel of the state and they have uh, bombs and guns and violence at their disposal and then they go and they bring that violence to other countries, they're not doing good things. I don't care that you can point to the fact that some kids are going to school in Iraq that might not have been going to school before. I don't know what all the good stories are from Iraq. But what about the thousands of people that have been killed? What about the people who's, who's, who have lost their families, have lost their homes, have been displaced? I mean, beyond all of that death and destruction and just awfulness, it also violates the Constitution. There was no declaration of war. The, the Founding Fathers made it very clear. The reason why we're supposed to stay neutral is because they knew that if we got into other countries' business, stuff like this would happen. Terrorism would happen, and we'd lose more of our freedoms if as a result. If you think the United States government is good simply because it's the United States government, I have another quote for you. It's from George Washington. The first president of the United States, not really, but sort of, um, the first president of the United States. Government is not reason. It is not eloquence. It is force, like fire, a troublesome servant, servant and a fearful master. Never for a moment should it be left to, to irresponsible action. I'm sorry, we are leaving our government to irresponsible action. Mm-hmm. George Washington remind, w- reminded us, told us, that government's like fire. It can just take over and start burning. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure that the uh, likely, likely, Tony's a good conservative, um, and, you know, he believes that government's inefficient. But how can our government be efficient in the area of war and inefficient elsewhere? It doesn't make sense. No, if you give your bureaucrats M16s, they do not suddenly become imbued with the power of God. They are still bureaucrats. Right. The military is a bureaucracy, just like the post office is a bureaucracy. It's a bigger one. Right. Don't mm-hmm. let them fool you. Let's continue with the phone calls. Talk to Matt in Illinois on the amplifier line. Hello, Matt. Good evening, gentlemen. What's on your mind? Uh, I wanted to say to Tony, um, he did say something. He said, these people are being unreasonable. He was referring, of course, to uh, Middle Easterners. And uh, it seemed to me that he was being a little bit unreasonable himself. They, they should take their, uh, their, their servitude um, just like good little servants. After all, they don't deserve their own country. They're not Americans. And I think that they're, they've reasoned themselves very quickly into saying, no, we're not. We're free humans, and yep. we're going to, we want our country back. Whereas he kept interrupting, kept yelling and screaming. Well, and we interrupted, not, too. That's the way they said <laughs> Well, just not using his own reason. He just didn't seem to be using his reason. Right. And that, to me, is the definition of unreasonable. He was just parroting off the same nationalist claptrap that we hear so often coming from, uh, you know, the Bill O'Reilly's of the world. I mean, it's just it's just thoughtless. Please don't let do please don't let Bill O'Reilly do your thinking for you. Please. And, uh, and on, a, uh, on a similar note, today I was at uh, uh, Jiffy Lube. I was getting my oil changed, 
And uh, the, gen- the gentleman behind the counter had this little coupon bill- book that he was selling for $3. Uh, it was a charity to go to veterans that had been injured. And I said, sure, I'll take the book. I says, uh, and give, give my $3 to these veterans. Mm-hmm. I says, after all, the United States government's not going to take care of them. Yeah. And then that just led to a whole another conversation about government inefficiency. This gentleman believes that Bush is a dictator. I believe that Bush is trying to be a dictator. Uh, he he just was is totally totally disgusted, and I'm running into this more and more and more often. Good people everywhere are are using their reason to see that what is happening in this country, in terms of our government, is just plain wrong. Yep, and it needs to stop. Absolutely, and that's what we're doing here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. We're doing our best to put a stop to it. And Matt, thank you for the call and keep up the good work. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Whether you want to talk about foreign policy, and I'll make it extra clear, not only does the United States government not belong in other countries physically, it also does not belong propping up those other countries with your taxpayer dollars. No. It does not belong picking sides. Now, if you personally want to stop Ahmadinejad from killing all the Jews and wherever he wants to kill them... Well, they are then, mostly in Israel. ...then you go ahead and contribute your own money on a voluntary basis to whoever it is that's going to oppose him. Letters of marquee, just like the Constitution says. And if that's not good enough for you, then why don't you get on a plane, take your body over there, and join their military to fight him? Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition of the program, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line as we launch into the program. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Hour number three, uh, kicking off. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. That is freetalklive.com. Let's roll right into the phone calls and talk to Bill in Oklahoma. You're on Free Talk Live, Bill. Hello there. Hello, guys. Thank you for taking my call. What's on your mind? Um, First of all, first of all, I want to say that uh, the valedictorian uh, of the government school system, Tony, uh, I feel sorry for him because he's got a, a real dilemma. He's got a conflict of interest. Let's assume for just a second that his daughter didn't get didn't buy into the lies that the that the. the I think that was military, his sister or something. I, I think he was his daughter, but whatever. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's assume for just a second that uh, the, the family member, we'll leave it at that, didn't get all caught up in the lies that uh, she was informed that she's going to get a free education because of the GI Bill. She's going to be well taken care of if anything happens to her because the government will put her up in a VA hospital if, if something should God, uh, God-awful should happen. If, she didn't, if any of that wasn't uh, uh, applicable to the situation, I think Tony would have looked at what you guys' argument was in a more rational uh, manner. But he's letting his uh, personal vested interest in uh, this family member's involvement with the military cloud his better judgment. Hmm. That's very unfortunate. 
Sure. A lot of people sort of are uh, still living on this primrose path, looking at the military through rose-colored glasses as though they can do no wrong. And again, it's just another bumbling bureaucracy, except instead of giving them letters to deliver, they're delivering bombs and, uh, and weapons. Yeah, they kill people. It's their right. job. Yeah. Uh, on, a, on, a, on a lighter note, uh, Ian, you wanted uh, some antidotes as far as uh, makeshift prison equipment. Um, I just so happened to live with a, a prison guard. Uh, he's mm-hmm. a roommate of mine, and mm-hmm. he showed me a, a really neat trick using a bubblegum wrapper and two batteries. And what uh, is that? It, it's the uh, bubblegum wrapper's uh, metal. Let him tell it. Yeah, it's a, it's a homemade lighter. Uh, you uh, basically uh, fold the, the tin foil wrapper. This usually works with uh, Wrigley's gum and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you roll it up or lay it out flat on top of the, uh, the batter, uh, two sets of, or one set of batteries, one on either end, and then you get another set of batteries and you put an uh, opposite polar in on top of the, of the uh, tin foil and you get sparks. And uh, prisoners apparently use this to like for cigarettes that they're not supposed to have. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, and one last thing, and I swear to God, I'll leave you alone for tonight. Uh, as far as taxes are concerned, uh, I was, uh, before listening to Free Talk Live, I was one of those people that thought, you know, it was the American thing to do to pay my taxes, you know, live right. You know, uh, the government says I owe them X amount of dollars. Uh, fine, I'll send them a check, whatever. Uh, but as I started listening to you and, and uh, Mark uh, educating me in, in how unfair this is, uh, I did some thinking of my own, and I was beginning to wonder why I should be responsible, be fisc- fiscally responsible for my finances when the government won't be fiscally responsible for theirs. <laughs> yeah, it's a double standard. Right, and, and why do I have to report to them how much I make when, in fact, if they really want to know how much I make, they have the ability to use illegal uh, uh, subpoenas to, to subpoena that information from my employer, or better yet, why don't you just... Uh, pick up the phone and call my bank. Right. Well, they don't want to have to do the work, Bill. They just want to demand it, the information out of you. And like most good, Amer- you know, most good Americans will jump right through the hoops that they right. put up for them. The best kind of slave is the slave that will do what you want them to do without you telling them. You know, a slave that you have to make do what you want them to do, or a slave that you have to check on. Right, nobody likes an ornery slave. No, those those slaves need beating. Thanks for the call, Bill. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Speaking of taxes and uh, the, the old days, Mark, you've got an interesting little throwback article talking about what was it like to have taxes in the early portion of the founding of this country. We'll get to that, but first we're going to Chris in Indianapolis. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello. What's on your mind, Chris? I um, I was thinking about like the the no government at all. Yes, yes. That's that's and, Ian's uh, idea. Uh, I yeah, I only there's two things that I come up with. Um, one, <clears throat> if that were to happen, then who would take care of the nukes? Well, that would uh, hopefully the nukes would be decommissioned and uh, shut down. I, I think in that uh, in that process of uh, you know selling off government inventory and uh, giving the bureaucrats uh, time to leave their jobs and give them a little severance pay, and hopefully the, that whole process would be uh, dismantling and and shutting those things down. You would you would get completely rid of them. I don't I don't want them around. Do you? Yes. Why? Well, because. Uh... I mean, with with no government and basically no military, that would be the that would be our. Uh, it would never be used, but it would be our protection. Why would um, pick pick your country? Pick my country. Yeah, uh, the bad country. Iran. Okay. Why would Iran want to bomb us with nuclear weapons? Well, 
if our government's gone and our military's gone, uh-huh. then well, uh, I'll, I'll pick um, I'll pick Russia instead, just just as a well. Let's call it the Soviet Union just for fun. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Uh, why would the Soviet Union want to? bomb us with nuclear weapons if well, there was no military and no government uh, you know, stopping them from whatever it is that they want to do. Well, if there's no military and no government, uh, they wouldn't have to drop nukes on us. They would just have to roll their tanks in and slaughter you think? Do you really think that the, uh, the, the Soviet Union, A, could get tanks over here um, by any kind of you know, <laughs> logical means? And uh, B, do you think that you can fight a land war in the United States of America where there's nine guns for every ten people? Well, without our military, I mean, our military. Uh, the military has guns. I'll give you that. But yeah, they, well, they got the the big guns, and like those, you need big guns to be able to blow. There are plenty of Americans with second. big guns. Now, uh, now, who are we losing a war to right now? <laughs> the, the guys with little guns. <laughs> oh, and they've got RPGs, <laughs> and they've got and they've got IEDs. You're talking about the biggest, most powerful military in the world. The U.S. government's military is currently getting its butt handed to them by a bunch of ragtag insurgents running around with uh, homemade bombs. I mean, so if you don't think that the that good Americans can defend their own country on their own, uh, you know, voluntarily without having a military around, you don't really have much faith in the American people, do you? No, absolutely not. I mean, our we're just uh Well, what makes you think American people working for the military would be any more effective? And also, here's another point for you. Uh you people a lot of people in this country like to think, they like to fantasize about the military protecting them, but in reality, the military's job is not to protect you, sir, but to protect the US government. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, you just get protected by proxy. Oh, but that's right. not even necessarily the case. They not wouldn't have any no. problem, you know, rolling a tank right over your house if it meant that, you right. know, it would keep them say the military, the government safe. If the Indianapolis was somehow had to be sacrificed in order to keep the the bureaucrats in Washington safe, you can believe they'd blow a crater in that baby that made the Great Lakes look small. Yep, they wouldn't even think about you. They don't care about you, and it's and they've they've fooled you if you think that they do. What's your other point? No, I, I absolutely don't think that they do. Right, like, I, I know. So you're, don't expect them to protect you. You're They're considering this whole idea of no ex- government, right? I look I, if if <laughs> all come, if, if it all comes to pass, then like nukes will be the only real thing that would keep some keep someone from even putting tanks in your streets. That's not true, sir. I, I just don't see how nukes um, stop conventional wars. I, well, I really, because just the, the sheer numbers of people that would die. On their side. Why do, why, now, we just proved that politicians don't care how many people die, right? Politicians they care, care about, about nukes. They care about nukes because they know that the Soviet Union, in our particular uh, scenario that we just put together here, the Soviet Union has the nukes aimed at them, at Washington, D.C., and that's yeah. why they feel they need them. Yeah. I don't care whether the bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. manage to make it through an invasion. What I care about is that me and mine manage to make it through. Right, and those nukes aren't there to protect you. They're there to protect the bureaucrats. And there would be no government in the scenario you're talking about, so there would be no Washington, D.C. Right. You know, but so they'd I mean, have to I, drop a nuke. In... I wouldn't. I know that I wouldn't be able to stop a helicopter or a tank with my shotgun. You mm-hmm. know what right. I mean? You have to understand that in an invasion situation, all of a sudden, I bet you the marketplace would find ways to get more powerful weapons into your hands. It works for the Iraqis. They managed to get their hands on RPGs and all kinds of other interesting weapons. And well, like, uh, like... Now, now, hold on just a second. Um, in World War II, Berlin shot a projectile that hit London with a yeah. gun. Do you understand? Yeah. 
Are you telling me that now, with uh, 60 years later, 60 plus years later, that um, with the computers that we have, that you can't shoot a shotgun, you know, shotgun projectiles out there, you know, just a, a tremendous distance and blow up any ICBMs that might be coming in in America? Yes. This would be a very cheap technology that every, that just about every volunteer fire department in America could have, and, and the, we wouldn't need to have these big expensive nuclear weapons. Right. And we haven't even touched on. I know you had another point, so hang on, Chris. And I, we haven't even touched on private defense. As an alternative to the military, private market-based defense organizations. More on the way, Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. We've got live streams, a broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version waiting for you for free at freetalklive.com. And if you or perhaps someone you know needs a primer on some of the subjects we talk about on Free Talk Live, you should check out the Liberty Radio Underground. It's an elementary introduction to libertarianism, and each show concisely handles a single topic in less than 10 minutes. It's great for someone who's new to liberty. Go to radio, uh, libertyradiounderground.com today and grab an episode. That's libertyradiounderground.com. We uh, got off the phone recently. Uh, Chris, oh, Chris is apparently back, so let's bring Chris back on the line from Indianapolis. We're talking about the uh, the no government situation, which Mark, you aren't you aren't necessarily in favor of, but I like the idea. Right, I can and, see some. I, I certainly can see some benefits, but I can see some dangers too. And Chris is expressing uh, some dangers that he feel might feels might be inherent. And he's concerned that uh, you know, without the U.S. government military, that some two bit dictator is going to want to finally get away with dropping a nuclear weapon onto the uh, the country of America, which, you know, I can understand the concern, in which case I think we need to go in a slightly different direction, and then, Chris, you can ask your other question, because I know you had another issue. Uh, but the other thing I wanted to point out is that in the marketplace, people are going to have similar concerns to Chris's. They're going to be concerned. They're going to say, whoa, I want to make sure I'm protected. I want to make sure my business is protected. I want to make sure my family is protected. And so, therefore, in a marketplace, when people are demanding something, a product or service, inevitably people in search of profit will go out and create that product or service to fill that demand. So we would have market-based protection services. And one really great example, I think it's probably the best one I've heard, about how the marketplace can protect from nuclear destruction is that... If you have a a private defense organization that is not a government, this is a private organization uh, uh, earning money voluntarily by providing service to people, they are not subject to the rules of international warfare. See, all these countries in the world have signed agreements and treaties that say, okay, uh, look, we're going to have a war here, but uh, remember, the ground rule is that no one can attack the presidents. Our bureaucrats must be safe. That's right. Now, you can go and kill the little soldiers and kill the people and burn their houses down and do awful things, but you cannot. That's fine. No, I will not attack you, uh, your, your president, and you will not attack our president. And there's this, there's this rule that says that countries can't go after their, the, the other country's leaders in a time of war or any time. That doesn't apply to uh, a private a private protection agency. So, if it were the case that uh, some crazy lunatic uh, two-bit dictator like Ahmadinejad or whoever decided he wanted to launch a nuke against the United States, he'd 
probably pause before he decided to do it and consider the fact that if he decided to engage in some sort of level of destruction, beyond the fact that the marketplace could easily come up with ways to shoot these things down before they ever came close to uh, to actually hitting ground zero, uh, beyond that point, that the marketplace would be competing to the, uh, to do that successfully. Also, there would be a bounty put on that man's head so fast, and it would be a bounty that even his right-hand man wouldn't want to turn down. Those private protection agencies well, would go after... There's $25 million on Osama bin Laden's head right now. Now, mm-hmm. I'll grant you that the United States government actually stopped a man from trying to go and get that bounty. The, they stopped a, uh, uh, you know, a, an organiza- a guy who was putting mm-hmm. together a mercenary organization to go get Osama bin Laden. But $25 million doesn't seem to have uh, motivated his... Uh, well, they might the, the country, kind of the uh, the company might just go out and send their own crack team of uh, hitmen after and these guys. That way, they could brag about it. It wouldn't have to be stopped at a measly twenty five mil. Either. Think about bragging rights on that, Mark. Think about if you ran a company that was protecting you know, a private protection agency, and some madman out in the you know the world somewhere is making a bunch of threats, and you went out and uh, you actually successfully brought this man to justice, or either killed or captured him. Imagine the bragging rights that that would give you. Look, Mark's protection agency is the one that captured Ahmadinejad or Osama bin Laden or whatever. And man, you want to talk about a new wave of customers coming in? The marketplace can handle defense way better than the government can. Now then, Chris, you're back on Free Talk Live. Yeah. Did you have another oh, point? Oh, you want me to say something about the nukes? Uh, you can say whatever you want, sir. I, uh, <clears throat> I just think that we're going to, uh, everybody's going to have nukes. Everybody's going to have nukes. You think so? Hold on just a second. Now, everybody can currently own a Learjet. Right. And it's legal, and you can have one. It's nice to have and all kinds of things. But why doesn't everybody own a Learjet? Because they're very expensive. So would nukes be. Well, um, you can make a nuclear device like really, really, really simple. The only thing you need is actual material. And if you were to get your hands on the actual material, then, you know, any, I mean, anybody can make a nuke. It's basically like making, I mean. Now, do you understand that um, I, I, don't, I don't think that the Second Amendment covers nuclear weapons simply because with my gun, I can shoot you if you're attacking me. If yeah. I use my nuke on you if you're attacking me then I'm going to blow up the whole neighborhood. The fact that I have a nuke is a standing threat against everybody who's in, within miles of me. Mm-hmm. Well, Which uh, uh, means that if, you know, there, there would probably, just because you can build a nuke doesn't mean that I can't detect that your nuke is out there, triangulate it, find it, and then uh, bring you to justice. Well, I mean, I, mainly I'm speaking about, like, uh, small countries, even uh, other countries, uh, and they're going to have them, and their governments... They may very well, but the, the same thing that Ian was talking about uh, does apply at that point. We right. could very well have letters of marquee, you know, bounties on the heads of any two-bit dictator that says that he's going right. to have nuclear weapons. These guys don't want to die. They want to stay in power. They want to have their hair. I mean, think about the king of India right now. India has nuclear weapons. Think about the king of India or the president of India or whatever it is. It's some, some kind of socialist democracy over there. Um, think if he had the, uh, the choice of either having a nuclear weapon or having a bounty on his head. Which would he rather have? Well, I, I'm, I am completely for assassination. I'm completely for it. I Great. mean... We wouldn't have had to go to the, the Iraq war right now if that were a possibility. Yeah, think of how much cheaper that would be, too. I mean, think of the uh, hundreds of billions of yeah. dollars that have been thrown down a rat hole in Iraq and Afghanistan, yeah. and how much easier it would have been to just simply take care of business the private way. I'm completely with you on that. But right, in, the Chris. Event, in the event that our government is done away with, I mean completely done away with, um, there's still going to be governments around the world, and they're all the same, and they're all out to 
to increase their power, and I mean, it's just, that's what they do. And I don't then, think you've got the right vision. I think that, I mean, you're correct about what governments do, but if if any area of America, even if it's just New Hampshire, is somehow, is somehow able to throw off the chains of its government and actually live free in a true free market, then the that area will become so quickly the most economically powerful area in the entire world, as Hong Kong currently is today, one of the, the least regulated places on the planet. Uh, uh, clearly, Hong Kong is the uh, the number one most economically free, free place in the world by all kinds of independent studies. Yeah. Uh, that would be it would be Hong Kong times you know ten uh, the the level of freedom that we would have, and other people around the world would want that same level of freedom. Many of them would not actually be able to you know hop in a boat and come here, but that hopefully would encourage them to uh, you know to topple their governments and install free markets in their countries as well. You know obviously that's what we can hope for if a brutal dictatorship rises up and does whatever they they do over in those other countries, then that's their business and their problem. Nobody is going to want to mess with the free marketplace because they won't, those governments won't be able to handle predicting what the uh, the marketplace will do in response to their violence. Chris, we're out of time for you, man, but thanks for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. You know, with a government attacking another government, you pretty much know what you're going to get. You know you're going to go up against troops and tanks and you know airplanes and you know what you're going what's what's going to happen. You know what the international rules for war are and you know they're going to follow them to some extent. But with the marketplace, there could be any number of responses by any number of marketplace people, any number of actors in the marketplace. That's scary for a dictator. More on the way. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, the live Saturday edition. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. That's 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free, including the archives. An entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the site for your downloading convenience. Enjoy those on us. That is freetalklive.com. And now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. That's LegalZoom.com. Let's go to the phones, to the fun. Talk to... It's Bill in Indianapolis. Bill, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Well, hi there. Hey, Bill. What's on your mind? Well, I don't know. You've said a couple things so far that I disagree with, which is very unusual. Okay. Come on. You're going to have to explain to me where, where I'm wrong in my thinking, because I know I'm... Oh, usually, I've been wrong plenty of times, Bill. What's, I'm usually uh, agreeing with you, but... What it is. Well, the first one was uh, nuclear weapons. You said don't stop conventional war. Nuclear weapons was, don't... I don't think I said that. I don't really... Well, uh, No, I, was, I, I don't think that was a general statement, but uh, in having... Uh, I think that we can ma- manage to make it without nuclear weapons at all here in the United States. There's plenty of countries that manage to make it just fine without them, and... Um, I'm not sure how they benefit us. Well, it helped us in 1945, I'll tell you that. How is that? I I disagree with that. It was the greatest thing that Truman ever did. Are you kidding me? Dropping nuclear weapons on innocent people? Yes, it was wonderful. 
It I, brought the Japanese Empire down to their knees and it saved us thousands and hundreds of thousands of American lives because they would never would have gave up. They would have fought to the last man. That's not true. They offered they offered to surrender and we wanted, in fact, unconditional surrender, and that was really the issue. We didn't want to be able to, to have to share the Pacific with the um, the Japanese. As a matter of fact, we set that war up from the get go in order to be in charge of the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, we should never have even we gotten involved. The United States government. Right, the government should never have gotten involved in that conflict in the first place, but Mark's points are all uh, all valid. Okay, well, let's, let's say I lost that one. Now let's go to the next point I had. Um, you said you were in favor of assassinations. Yeah. Okay, in the well, event of a two-bit dictator uh, attacking this country, sure. Oh, you said that. Okay, I didn't get that second part. Okay. Right. The uh, yeah. the theory the the uh, question that was put forth was, well, what if uh, you know the government uh, went away, the military went away? What if a dictator launched a nuke against uh, America? Well, then he would have been signing his own death warrant. Oh, at that okay. Point. Yeah. Then you say you're okay. We, assuming we have no nuclear weapons, the only way to stop them is to assassinate. I go I go on with that. Yeah. There you go. But um, the nuclear weapon that we have, I think, is a wonderful thing. It's a deterrent. And I think, matter of fact, since you guys probably believe the way I do, that every American citizen should have and own a loaded gun. Yeah, but it's only a deterrent. It's only a deterrent, and it's only necessary in the current situation in this country, where, as we talked about earlier, the U.S. government has military bases in over 130 countries around the world. I I I agree with that. I'm on your side on that. We should pull out everywhere. Right. But every country, that's why I'm so grateful that, North Korea has a bomb now, the, the, the big one, and I hope they have the power to deliver it throughout the world because it stops George Bush from invading North Korea and saves a lot more lives. I don't I think, think George Bush is going to invade North Bill, Korea. Bill, I might just nuts. switch sides here, Bill. Um, I, you know, I, I, don't know, I don't know about the nuclear question. I don't. There's been a lot written on it as far as libertarian literature and that kind of thing. But I don't really – I believe that we need a government. I believe in government. I believe in us having yeah. a navy. I believe in us having the ability to draw up militias. And I don't think that the, can be drawn voluntarily. the nuclear weapon is um, is a integral at all uh, point in freedom. I don't think that um, we were free before nukes. I understand. We yeah. were, and you know, we could be free after them, though. Yeah, no doubt about it. Bill, thanks, the, thanks for the call, man. Short on time. Got to go to Samuel, also in Indianapolis. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello. Hey, how you guys doing tonight? Right. What's on your mind, Samuel? Well, I don't know, Ian. Um, I thought you were a libertarian, right? Well, well, I'm a libertarian free marketeer. I'm a libertarian. Ian's a uh, well, Marx, a libertarian hearing, uh, anarchist. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I'm hearing uh, mostly from you tonight is anarchy. Well, that's such a na- nasty, nasty sounding no, word. No, it's not. It's a word, and it describes exactly what you're talking about. Well, if you no want to talk government. about the real definition of anarchy, then you'd be correct. But most people misunderstand anarchy, and they they believe that anarchy <laughs> means chaos. What else, what other meaning is there except the real meaning? Anarchy is a, is without government, uh, you know, without right. Period. It, right no but government. most people think it means bomb throwing chaos. You know, they're just yeah, wrong about well, that. They're uh, they're ill informed, uh, ill educated people. Then, yeah. if that's what they think it means, but right? Words have meaning, and it's important that when people are discussing things, uh, that the Real meaning of words are understood, so everyone can. Uh, oh, I agree. You know, talk off the right page, the same page. I right? just don't so, like having to re-educate everybody when I, you I know, that I come it. across. So I use the I term free it. marketeer instead of anarchist. Well, I don't have any problem with free marketeer. Uh, I literally believe in uh, laissez-faire market, Excellent. which means no government 
involvement whatsoever. I'm with you. Uh, and I also agree with your libertarian point of views. But when you when you uh, slant toward anarchy, you're doing the same utopian uh, shift as a socialist. Uh, no, anarchy is not utopia. A free market uh, yes, is not is utopia. Because, yes, uh, anarchy is utopia because life, reality, does not exist without some type of governance. Oh. Uh, for instance, if you're mar- are you married? No, I would never. I would never get a state <laughs> marriage. I'm sorry. I would never ask the state's permission to love somebody. Well, I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't even thinking of the state. I was okay. thinking about relationship, that uh, marriage relationship. I'm in a relationship, person. but not married. How about that? Okay. So, in your relationship with that person, there is governance in that relationship. There's mm. organization. Who does what? Who does this? Who's better at this? You're right. I do what I'm told thing? in my marriage. Right. <laughs> so what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm taught. That's what I'm saying. In any human relationship. Uh, first of all, there can be no relationship in our world except between humans. Sure, you're right. Anarchy you can... only works if you can live in the world totally on your own. D- Samuel, you're correct. Uh, I'm not saying everybody should live on their own. You're right. There absolutely is governance what in I my relationship. Is, but Samuel, the difference right. is, the key difference is that my relationship was entered on a voluntary basis and the governance that, ru- the rules that are in place in my relationship were agreed on between two parties, unlike my relationship with the U.S. government where there was okay. no mutual consent. Okay, okay, okay. That, I agree with you 100%, but I'm trying right. to dissuade you from any type of anarchy because that's why it's utopia to believe in it because relationships among human beings cannot do not occur in anarchy is it, it necessary happen, but... is it necessary see this is why i don't like the term anarchy people just they don't understand it i don't even want to talk about it because i don't agree i think that a lot i think another definition of anarchy is without any rules and i don't necessarily agree with that i love the idea of rules in private property right. and being able to set your own rules on your own private property i like the idea of self-governance what i don't like the idea of is some gang of strangers out there in washington dc or in concord new hampshire telling me how i should live my life I agree 100% with you, brother, and here's where the problem happened. If you remember what made uh, America unique among all the government experiences in the world up until that point in time, was America, wise, intelligent men in America, declaring for the first time in history the concept you just talked about, Mm self-government, that man is created equal, and that no government has a right over a man's inherent right to govern himself. I don't think we're disagreeing at all here, Samuel. I think we're both on the same page. Here's the problem, Ian, where your government problem comes in. That was in 19, I mean, excuse me, 1776, and that was what set America apart from every other experience in history. Right. Between 1776... You've got to wrap this up right quick, 20 seconds. And 1787, we abandoned that. When we wrote the Constitution, when those guys wrote the Constitution, they compromised that inalienable right for every man to be free for commerce and protection against the Middle East. Do you remember that? Against the Middle East? 
I don't yeah, think the Middle East was mentioned in the Constitution. Country that declared war on us when we first became a nation? Tripoli. I got gotcha. you. That's right. Hey, thanks for the call, man. We appreciate it. More on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show and only moments remain. We might have enough time for your call. 800-259-9231. The phones are pretty loaded up, though. 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can go and purchase some products at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, shop in there. 41 categories of uh, products. And they actually have used products at Amazon as well. Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase, but you have to enter through Amazon.freetalklive.com. Let's go to the phones, to the fun, and talk to Gary in Washington, listening on KUSA. Hello, Gary. Hi, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Well, you know, I'm a first-time listener. Congratulations. I just ran across you on the dial here, and I figured I'd call in because... We sound I nuts. Yeah, I am nuts, actually. No, no, we sound nuts is what he said. Oh, no, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's the first time I think I was actually going to break my radio out of this tractor. Wow. Let me tell you, I'm, a, I'm, the, I'm the American pie. Yep. I own a business. I employ people. I farm darn near a 1,000 acres, which hmm. I do almost all by myself. I'm currently sitting in my tractor. Hold on just a second. That. Before you go on. Thank you for your service. You know, I hear talk show hosts talk all the time about, oh, well, I'm in the military, and thank you for your service. No, you know what? I don't really care about the military guys and all their service. Business it's guys people. like you growing things, doing your own business, and employing things that makes America great, not Absolutely. going over to some foreign country and shooting brown people. Now, go ahead. Well, you know, and I, I agree with you. You know, here's the reality of things, and this is the problem with America today, okay. in my belief. And I live in a small town, and if you want to talk conservative, I mean, all you got to do is walk down the street, okay? All right. And you'll find the most conservative people is. The problem with America is, is that everybody has such an extreme view on either side. We are losing the people who look right down the middle, like myself. You know what? I am a conservative, but I'm a fiscal conservative. Me too. I don't go to church. I do not believe church should be in the uh, government. Mm-hmm. I believe you should have morals, but I also think you should know right from wrong. Sounds like you're, you, it, it sounds is, like you and I agree completely. Well, you know, and I do agree with you. The only part I disagree with you about is is government. The unfortunate thing is, you know, I am 36 years old. Me too. Okay? I <laughs> did not create this government. Me neither. I did not instill these stupid laws that are out there. Nor did the I. The problem with it is is that you got grandma and grandpa and the people who vote on a daily basis, and I vote every time, and I believe everybody needs to vote. That's how you're going to have change. Okay? The problem with it is we're stuck with the laws that we have. Okay? Yeah. I am not going to put everything I have worked for. No one has given me nothing. I don't have a sugar daddy. Sure. I, have, I mean, I built this by my hands, and the problem with it is is that I have to pay my taxes, and I have to do what the government says. If not, I'm at risk of losing everything. Absolutely. So you've got to look at it is. Do I like it? No. But I bet you 99% of your audience out there does not like to pay taxes. Let me tell oh, you. Oh, yeah. I pay more in taxes than most people will make in 10 years. Yeah, I believe I'll right? bet you. And when, and when it's all said and done... You know, I live in a small conservative house, and I could probably go work at McDonald's and earn more money because <laughs> the government does take what they have. But I do realize when I drive home, 
I have paid for the road that I drove on, mm-hmm. and I pay for the service for them to maintain it. Is it efficient? Absolutely not. Nope. Only way we're going to get change is that you have to vote a new commissioner in or someone in public utilities to make you change on your view. Oh, I'm with and you. You know what? I listen to, and I see here, and I, I, I'd hate to cut you off, but go ahead. Um, you know, I see here, and I listen to the radio, and I hear such one-sided views. No government. You know what kind of chaos we would have with no government? Actually, no. I mean, no one would uh, be nothing. No. I've, by the way, you're listening to a show with two personalities on it. One of them is for no government. The other one is for very small government. Uh, I'm the right. guy that's for... I'm, my name's Ian. small government. I'm, I'm the, I'm, my name's Ian. I'm for no government. That's Mark over there. He's for small government. And so, you and I sound very similar. Right. You're going to find a lot to agree with with Mark. But, but even on your claim that chaos would exist uh, without government, actually, that's just not the case. Uh, people get along with one another because it's in their best interest no. to get along with one another. They no. don't need an armed I, I gang totally of thugs standing around. You, hmm? you know, and I, and, I, and I hate to talk over you, but I totally disagree with you. Because we have an undercurrent in this country that is for civil disobedience. I mean, we wouldn't have the yeah. crimes... And I'm not talking petty crimes. I'm talking violent crimes. If well, no, fact, you don't. You can't count violent crimes as civil disobedience. Right. Hey, you know what? Civil disobedience is a good thing as long as it's peaceful. You know, this is how you get. That's why it's called civil disobedience. Yes, I am not talking about that, but I am saying. So what you're saying is, and let me give you an example. Our fire departments, in the way we're at, is 100% volunteer with a few paid. Great. Being a volunteer, you still get paid. And, you know, even paying people, they still can't get people to be a fireman. So what would happen if you don't pay your taxes and you can't pay because you're essentially paying through taxes for that fire department, okay? And you're going to expect an uprising to go work for nothing to protect your home? The reality of no, it is, I'm it expecting the marketplace happen. to decide. Maybe the marketplace would organize no. itself with volunteer fire departments. No. Maybe the marketplace no. would organize because itself with insurance companies paying, uh, paying for fire protection. I mean, who knows but, how the market would organize but it. But the fact is, people another... want protection, and so therefore, they'll be willing to pay yeah. for it. So you're saying privatize like the police and fire. Why not? Well, the problem with it is, and I don't know if you've ever, you know, free market supply and demand. Well, there isn't going to be too much of a demand. You're going to have two different private fire companies bidding for your business as your house burns down. <laughs> no, you'd have a contract is, in advance with one of them. You'd have yeah, a protection contract. The problem contract. with it is, is that, like you, I believe earlier, and I'm sure it was your show when I was just getting started, that you were talking about $5 meatballs. Yes, the was government. That yes. Yep, okay. that's us. Well, the government did not make those meatballs. Those meatballs were made by a private contractor who in turn screwed, uh, I don't know if I can say that. Yeah, you can. But, no. Uh, who has screwed the government out of their money. No, now, the government didn't get screwed. So? Come on, yeah, you know how it works. It's the government bureaucrats. That, you know, what I'm trying to relate, uh, relate to you is is that if you contracted the fire, how much greasing of the back pockets would you find across the United States that that fire, that's, you know, it's down to 50. Can you, you grease your insurance company's pockets? I mean, what are you talking about? Oh, no, no, think about it. If they had to pay for a fire department to protect you, okay, what do you think they would charge you for that? It's just another form of tax. Okay, but That's then I get to voluntarily pay it. See, you already admitted that government programs are inefficient as hell. Oh, and uh, so you know, I am. We agree. Right. We agree. So, you know so, what? I could show you more government 
let me get you I believe this. you. Now, hold you on. Let me make my point on this. Let me about inefficiency. No, you no, you can tell me about bill. that later. Hold on, man. Let me make my point okay. on the inefficiency po- uh, about the fire departments. Look, right. if you put uh, fire protection in the hands of the marketplace, then competition drives prices down and increases customer service. You know this as a businessman. In theory. Then say that to Bonneville Power, which is the power company. That's, That's a monopoly. Government-instituted monopoly. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, you know, say that to that. I honestly, deep down, the greed it will drive it to where it would be unbearable to pay. You would be paying more in the long oh, run. Oh come on! Look at your look at your computer, man. When you buy a computer, two years later, that same computer is almost worth junk because the marketplace and competition keeps driving prices down right. and customer so, service so up. You can't give the power company as an example because the power company is a government-approved monopoly. The government says right. no. They say no, um, Gary. You cannot open your own competing power company here because only right. this power company can do it. So that's not an example. Example of somebody operating in the marketplace right. at all. Hey, Gary, yeah, we're right. short on time, man. We do a three-hour show every night there on the weekend, so call us back some other time. We really appreciate Thank the you, call. Thank you, Gary. we got to go to the amplifier line to talk to Bill in New Hampshire. Bill, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hi, I wanted to uh, sort of respond to these people who think that there's not going to be any sort of defense or uh, military if we get rid of the government and the government-run military. And there'd be chaos, uh, according to uh, our last caller as well. It would be anything but. Uh, all that would really happen with uh, our, our army and our navy uh, is that the the goods, the machine guns, the planes, the tanks, they would simply change hands. We would buy them as private citizens, and we would no longer have them in the hands of the government who would use them against us. Um, yep. You know, long time ago, you used to be able to buy you know, 20-millimeter cannons, machine guns out of the back of the Sears catalog for, you know, like 120 bucks. You mean there wasn't just anarchy in the streets, chaos in the streets as a result of that? There, there, there was less crime back then than there is now. Yep. Um, and then we would also not have uh, the problems of, I've talked to a lot of people who are in the U.S. military, they don't have bullets in their guns. When you see those guys sitting there protecting the gates to some military installation, either they have three bullets, none of them are chambered, or they have none. Why? Because they don't want them to have bullets. Something might go wrong. You know, somebody <laughs> might get blamed. They don't want to be responsible. Wow. It's bizarre. That it's is crazy. bizarre. I've never heard yeah. of that before. Uh, I'll take well, your word for it. Go out and talk to some military people, and I'm sure you'll find, you know, that it's true. They'll tell you the same thing. Uh, we also have the problem that, you know, with a lot of these these uh, countries that we're supposedly having conflicts with, we're sending money to those countries. You sure. know, they wouldn't be able to afford in order to, to bring their tanks and their soldiers over here or even build these huge weapons if we weren't giving them money. Great point, Bill. Thanks for the call. We are out of time. It has been Ian here with you. And Mark. And we will join you Monday night if you get the uh, the live show on Monday night. If not, you can listen to us online at freetalklive.com. And you can join us online throughout the weekend, 24 hours a day at freetalklive.com. Have a great weekend. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.